Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and our Hellraiser Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to WeirdGeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a retrospective horror franchise. Right now we're dealing with all of the horror films. Nope, that's not right. Yeah, it was like all of them. We're going to do every fucking How many films are we supposed to watch? You're not allowed to go home. I don't believe I signed up for this. Oh boy. Oh jeez. Oh, it's, it's been a long journey. We're doing all the Hellraiser movies right now. We are at number four, Hellraiser Bloodline from 1996. Came out on 8th March 1996 in the USA. Came out. Good well, straight to cinemas there. Came out May 1997 straight to DVD in the UK. No cinema release outside of the US as far as I can find. DVDs are around now? DVDs are around 1996. Okay, cool. Confirmed. And that's why I was getting confused with this because for me, this was a straight to DVD release in the UK. But it did get a US release. Yeah. Uh, you know, it gets pretty stuff. much anything in the cinema. Yeah. That is true. Well, especially in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, directed by Kevin Yeager. Now, Kevin Yeager is an effects artist. He worked on Friday the 13th, the final chapter. We talked about him yeah. a little bit. And Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. And Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Ooh. And Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. Oh, he worked on, on the uh, 1988 one. That's the year I was born. There you go. Dragon year. He worked on uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's why I like him. Mission Impossible 2. Whoa. A little film called 13 Going on 30. Aeon Flux, do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, recently, he's mostly just doing Bones. He's doing effects. Oh, yeah. He's had a long career, man. Long career, has only directed one feature film, and this is it. And he doesn't even admit it. And, yep, he, yep. Uh, you might notice when you watch this film, it does not say Kevin Yeager. It says Alan Smithy. For those of you who don't know, Alan Smithy is the name that directors used to be allowed by union rules to put on a film when they publicly wanted to remove themselves, uh, but make a point of it, you know. Really uh, put a stamp of Alan Smithy, which is... A stamp of shame. It's a stamp of this. Did not turn out how I wanted to, but normally it means because I'm saying this wasn't my fault. That's what the director's trying to say. <laughs> like, this is not my bad. This was well, interference. from me. Exactly. And he's never directed another feature film again. Alan Smithy has directed 105 movies. There you go. Legally, I believe now the unions don't allow it. You can't call yourself Alan Smithy. You've got to mm. own you know, up for your problem. I think someone in the union has made their name Alan Smithy, which oh, is really? also really genius. That's brilliant. Because then you'd be like, yeah, I directed... All kinds of oh, stuff. All kinds of, all kinds of really bad films. All really bad. Even foreign we ones. We did that retrospective one time. We'll do the Alan Smithy retrospective. Oh, jeez. No, thank you. Written by Peter Atkins again. Or Atkins, I think is how you pronounce it. Our friend who was a dear friend with Clive Barker. He's written number two. He wrote number three. And he's written this one too. Composed by Daniel Licht. Uh, he's done a lot of Dexter. Uh, he did Kitchen Confidential. Remember that, Teresa? Of course. 
He's done a lot of video games too. He did Silent Hill Downpour. He's done Dishonored 2. And he did The Children of Corn 2 and 3 as well. The same DP on this one. Justin, what are you showing us, buddy? Oh, I'm showing uh, movies from uh, Alan Smith here. The like, band from hell. There's just a dude. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's not looking like prosperous. So bad. All these mounting a woman. Yeah, the same DP in this one as Hellraiser 3, hmm. which is kind of surprising because they look quite different. Starring Bruce Ramsey as Philip Lemarchand, John Merchant, and Dr. Paul Merchant. Valentina Vargas as Angelique and Peasant Girl. Charlotte Chatton as Genevieve Le Merchant. Uh, we're going to be calling Charlotte Meryl Streep throughout this yeah, um, review. Kim Myers as Bobby Merchant. Doug Bradley, of course, as Pinhead. And the first feature film starring Adam Scott as Jack. Or Jacks. Actually, let's do what we do first. Let's get into the year. Uh, we're talking about 1996. Katie Watson, we like to get a little landscape on what was going on. Tell us the top 20 movies. Of yeah, top 20, starting with 20, is Broken Arrow. Oh, man. Do you remember this? Yeah. Christian Slater and John Travolta, wasn't yeah. it? About some like... This is Year of Pokemon, by the way. The Year of Pokemon. I think Pokemon came to the States around 96, this time. Yeah, you yeah. Wow. Or 95. I remember because my friend Shintaro, who's from Japan, brought a bunch of... Po- it was printed Pocket Monsters. Yeah. And he's like, these are cool. You guys should get these. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. He's like, it's on public access, but it was all in Japanese with subtitles. And I was really like, okay. So we watched it. And then he gave us two cards each. And I had a Bulbasaur and some random other card. Wow. You're like, yeah. this doesn't sound like a good investment. And, yeah, <laughs> but no, I only have so much pocket money, bro. Yeah. Uh, number 19 is Phenomenon. That's Yeah, he's up here. I remember the soundtrack to that weirdly more yeah. than the film. Oh, no, no, no. Burr, burr, uh, 18 <laughs> was A Time to Kill. Uh, this was, uh, was time a Sandra Bull. I don't know this, this one. This is another one of those espionage Yeah, there's so many of those. That we're talking about. Uh, time to Kill. It was like the films that Grisham, my parents would something? watch and I would like watch because I wanted to watch a movie, but yeah. I didn't really get what was going on. Yeah. I think that was like 10. There's certain charms them all now because they just don't really make movies like that anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And the parents are like, close your eyes. People are kissing now. <laughs> 17 <laughs> is Daylight. Daylight, mm. Sylvester Stallone, I think, trapped in a tunnel. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have definitely seen this. That's pretty cool. Sorry. Wow. I'm pretty sure my parents had this recorded onto a compilation VHS. Compilation? Uh, the Sylvester Stallone compilation? No. We would just do like Saturday <laughs> night movies or whatever. What an amazing compilation. <laughs> we Sylvester had a couple Stallone. of Rambos on, I think one, two, and three Rainbows? were on. Yeah, the Rainbows. <laughs> the Rainbow movies. We're on... Um, Maybe that's why I was so disappointed when I would put them on as a kid. I was like, the rainbow is so angry. 16 is Sleepers. No, Sleepers was cool. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Sneakers. Robert Redford. <laughs> sleepers. Oh, no, Sleepers was um, the story about some Catholic boys, wasn't it? And then they got molested or something. As Holy kids, shit. And it's like, wow, that's them growing up dealing with it. It was kind I of like it, this but one. without the horror, I think. That's a really dark thing. Ah. Let, let me just double check this quickly. Okay, sleep. Sneakers is a really cool film, Rob Redford, where they sneak into places and steal stuff. I think that's just called thieving. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Robbers. We're not robbers or cat burglars. We're sneakers. We're just sneaking around. We're just sneaking. I, also, oh. I might be remembering sleepers a little bit wrong. It says here after a prank goes disastrously wrong, a group of boys are sent to a detention center where they're brutalized. Oh. Over 10 years later, they get the chance for revenge. It was Robert De Niro, Kevin Bacon, Brad Pitt. Whoa. Um, directed by Barry Levinson. I would watch that. It was a good film. 
That was very good. Actually. Nice. Directed by yeah, the director of Rain Man. Rain Man. Uh, Fifteen is Scream. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Great movie. Remember that spooky we're gonna movie. Be, we're actually going to be covering that directly after this. We're going to be covering the Scream movies. Spooky. Like tonight. Straight <laughs> away. Uh, Fourteen is the first Wives Club. I like this film a lot. Ah, the first yeah. Wives Club. The good one. What a good I club. The second Wives Club. I'm more of a. That's rude. The Wives Wives Club. First wives, meaning like the first wives of these husbands. Oh. They decide to like band together and get revenge on their husbands who've left them for younger women. Oh, well, second wives, oh, so the second wives of- club will be told from the perspective of the younger girls. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, we presume younger girls. We're generalizing. I apologize. <laughs> 13 is The Birdcage. Also a very great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12, Space Jam. Speaking That's of last sweet. one, when we're talking about animation with Ooh. real 2D life. animated live action. Yeah. Gotta love really it. Good. Space Jam had, had a weird, like, it's been very weird watching that from the time when it came out, was forgotten about, and it suddenly became this, like, cult thing that people love and reference. That's the only way I knew who Charles Barkley was was because of Space Jam. I still don't know who no. Charles Barkley He's one of the people that they yeah, take know. over their body. I just remember the Pulp Fiction reference at one point. That's about it. There's a little miserable moment on the basketball court and uh, they're, they're in the suits and stuff. Very of its time, I feel those uh, jokes. That's the problem. People mm, might not get it now. Huh. Eleven was the English patient. Mm. I don't really like this. This was the big Oscar winner of the year. Well, um, the ladies loved it. Let yeah, me exactly. tell you what. I wasn't a big fan. The American ladies love the English patient. We do. Yeah. Uh, ten was Eraser. Mm. Oh, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a bad actor. Really? Film. Yeah, I didn't think I saw it, but yeah. Oh, no. Uh, nine, Jerry Maguire. Great film. Very good. Very good film. Cameron Crowe. Eight was The Nutty Professor. <laughs> Not a great film. <laughs> Seven, Ransom. Oh, yeah. Ransom was such a big deal at the time. You was know, it? this is Mel Gibson. That's possible. I've seen it, but. It's really cool because it all hints on the marketing campaign of his kid is like taken. Right. And then. They're like going after the kid, trying to do all the things you meant to do. It seems like a normal thriller. And then he gets on the TV and he puts out a twist of he puts a ransom on the person who took his kid <gasps> publicly for like a huge so it's amount like of money. taken before taken happens. Sort of, but it involves the entire public to go after this person. It's really, it's a really nice. fucking cool moment. The problem is they kind of give that away, I think, in the trailer. But God damn it. It's a cool That's a cool twist where you're like, you want a ransom person? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give out money whoever finds this person and kills them. Yeah. Like, whoa. It's really good. And he's like, and I don't, you know, yeah, it's really good. To I don't really. care if you kill my kid. Like, you take my son's life. Well, the was completely crazy. So. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, he's back and he's doing daddy's home dose. Oh, is he really? Is yeah. He, oh, yeah, he's in daddy's home dose. And he's yeah, like the so. cool dad. He's Mark Wahlberg's dad. Yeah, in so it. he's kind of like mellowed out. Ish. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah. Six was 101 Dalmatians. Live action, oh, yeah, going close. No, regular no. one, right? No, that was the live early? action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't the regular say. one was a long time ago. Yeah, I was like, that's true. Yeah, like, was the like, mm, close one was really good, actually. She does make a good Cruella. Uh, five was Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ring the bell. Yeah, the beginning of the slippery slope for Disney at the time. Yeah. But I really liked it. Good theatrical musical songs mm-hmm. rather than film musical songs. Mm-hmm. Or it was The Rock. Oh, with Nicky Cage and yeah. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. So good. Yeah. Was it Jerry Brockheimer or was this... Um... I just didn't understand. I do understand why. Remember the part he like puts the thing in the dude's mouth, punches in, and he has to get a knife and stab himself <laughs> <laughs> to make his adrenaline go up or something? Oh, oh my fuck God. Yeah, I don't remember exactly why. Speaking of adrenaline, number three is Mission Impossible. Oh. The first of many. And the new one's coming out, <laughs> yeah, which is, is crazy. That one's way better than it yeah. has any right to be. I'm yeah. excited because Simon Pegg. 
Yeah, Simon Pegg's great. He's like, great. You're still there, Simon. He's a good addition. And I have to say, yeah. with the Mission Impossible films, every one of them is a different director, and every one of them feels completely different. Yeah, and I kind of like that about them. They're all like, you know, it's like a little weird pick and mix. Yeah, yeah. Pick and mix. And every one could be the one that you watch where Tom Cruise really dies. <laughs> I know it's gonna happen sooner or later. He's gonna die. It's gonna happen. happen. Like, dude, you're doing what you're, he loves. I mean. You know, then he'll get the Oscar for that year. Yep. And then he'll also get the honorable lifetime well, achievement. He'll be like the Scientologist in the, the heavens. Launched in the capsule into space. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of space, Twister comes Ooh. in at number two. These are good segues, you guys. I was <laughs> never afraid of Twister because we never have them in Hawaii. Oh, well, so they're very scary. Like, yeah, like, we don't have them in England. They're for realsies. We have nothing geographically dangerous. What do you call it? Weather yeah, stuff? Hill. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. I see roads. You're fine. Got uh, crazy British people around you at all That's times. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, gypsies. Twister, uh, I really like this. I like this film. I like I the keep, soundtrack. Let's keep going. It's good. Yeah. I still yeah. remember some of it very, very vividly. And you got the cow in the, the uh, air. Yeah. We watched it. Like, and a boat. Uh, half of it. Don't forget a boat. Like a couple of months oh, yeah. ago. Because really, it was just really on cool. TV. Yeah. Oh, really cool. And number one, Independence Day. Yes. Of course. Walking so the earth. Good. I don't like Independence Day, actually, but everybody loves it. So. Well, yeah, because what? you're really upset about Independence Day. I you hate Bill Pullman? Is that your problem? Yeah. yeah. You don't like his speech. Independence. Independence. You? Don't, don't like any independence anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's why we had to take ours back from you guys. Well, that's With why the tea. I like well, it. Well, I uh, Also, the, yeah, the tea thing is real. Mm. Yeah, I'm very I am drinking my tea and then talking about my American you independence. Are welcome. <laughs> yeah. Cake and I'm, eating honestly, it too. I'm surprised that Twister was the number two that year. I, think that's kind of, I didn't expect it to be that. I, I would expect like The Rock. Yeah, The Rock could be bigger than Twister for sure. Yeah. Kind uh, of impressed. You have a lot of Midwest people that go to the movies, you guys. Yeah. That is Mission true. Impossible could have been number one. So, Mr. Jessen, I noticed one horror film there in the top 20. What other horror films came out in 1996? Well, I'm glad you asked what came out in 1996. I'm about to tell you. Here we go. The Craft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just watched this one recently. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Great film. I don't like that film. I love these, like, the lady witch, like, <laughs> yeah. ensemble songs. Oh, I hate them. I hate I witch films. I love films. the 90s I saw a couple witches. years ago, and I was like, all right, I would have been super stoked about this if I, if I saw one when I, like, first came out. Still there. good. I mean, it holds, it holds up. holds up. I don't like it. I mean... Effects, <laughs> not so much, but you know, uh, the Frighteners. Don't like this either. Don't I like this, this next one. You don't know that one? This that next one, like people fucking love the Frighteners. This one's pretty dope. From dusk till dawn. Yeah, there you go. It's a yeah. horror movie. That's so, the problem. so much like just PG horror movies. So I'm in the theaters again with my mother. <laughs> From dusk to dawn, I skipped out from school Your with my friends. Yeah. Has some very eclectic tastes for her children. Well, I mean, we watched a lot of films, man. That film was awesome. So that was yeah, the first script too, that Tarantino too wrote. For me. Tarantino wrote that <laughs> along with Natural Born Killers and True Romance, and it sold them all in order to make Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously he stars in From Dust to Dawn. Yeah, I just remember his hand being stabbed to the right. table. It's a, it's a yeah. really, like, really, Whoa! really great film. I saw it. Yeah, I went with my friend from school, drunk. Guess what? Sixteen. And then I was afraid of Latin girls because uh, I'm like, I'm gonna turn to. Afraid of Latin girls. Yeah, I mean, one of the sexiest dances ever. Yeah, she doesn't even get naked until they turn into vampires, man. Yeah, love it. Love yeah, it. that will be a little bit traumatizing. But yeah, that was one of the most fun I've ever had in cinema. Just watching that drunkest <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. Jack Frost. Oh. No, not the horror B movie, but the Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, it was gonna get a little crazier. Terrible. Lawnmower Man Two. Colon beyond cyberspace. Wow, this one went to space too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look at this. This lawnmower. Well, no, it's cyberspace. 
Oh, oh of course. Because it's all, all right, about the Moving internet. on. Tremors 2, colon, Aftershock. Yeah. When yeah, are we going to do this retrospective? I want to do yeah. this one. Well, actually, I, I was trying Tremors. to share the lip because it's actually suddenly out of nowhere. They've just announced there's a new Tremors film that's coming out this year. Um, and it's finished and the trailer's out and stuff and it looks great. Is Kevin Bacon in it? Uh, no, it's those other okay, two okay. guys. Aww. It's the guy from Scream who's back. Um, and the guy who's been there right from the beginning, the moustached gun good dude, he's in all of them, oh. basically. Yeah, but it's not Kevin Bacon, so it's kind of a hard pitch for me. They're all actually, they're all good. They really are. And I was looking at it in the show. What's thing, but Kevin Bacon ch- doing with his life? Why can't he be in the Tremors movie? He's, he's doing a bunch of TV shows. Yeah, and he's doing those mm. stupid TV um, adverts in England <laughs> where he tells people to go to cinema or whatever. Yeah. It's, be in cinema. Yeah, we were trying to schedule it on the Weird Geeks shows this year, but we're all booked up. We can't do it. We'll get to it. They'll have another one next year, all probably. Right. <laughs> Anywho. That mm-hmm. it? Nope. Uh, this little indie film called Scream. Scream. <laughs> Only horror film in the top 20, I think. And this is it. This is the line in the sand for horror is going to change again. We've had a bit of yeah. a dead zone from 1988 yeah. and 1989 through to here, 1995, 96. And now we've got that line in the sand. Things are about to change. We're from Dustal Dawn. Or the Scream. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, things are going to get better. And then they're going to go into torture porn. And then they're going to go into found footage spookies with paranormal activities. Found footage and now spooky. we're in a bit of a dead zone again where there's good stuff coming out, but it's a bit of a mess. Anyway, thank you very much, Justin. You're welcome. Not that many mm-hmm. horror films this year. Yep. Isn't it crazy that, like, I don't know. I can't believe how low Scream is on this list. It's pretty yeah. nuts. No, but again, you have to look at those movies. Like, how Scream, if you did... world is the nutty professor above Scream? Well, no, but this it's is a feel good year. You yeah. know, you got a lot of fun mm. movies. Why would you want to go, let's watch the spooky movie, which is, I don't know. But this is the thing, it's like you have to, what more interesting to me than, and perhaps we should be the responsible ones to report on it in that way, but more interesting to me than the box office of the year, which doesn't actually mean anything, because you can have that number one film, what was it? Independence Day. What if Independence Day had cost 500 million to make it? And then it made 300 million and it had right. the biggest box office, but it was a huge loss, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. All that matters is the return. And Scream, I guarantee you, you, had a bigger return than almost anything on that list. Yeah. Because the money it made compared well, to the budget. Cost I don't know. Maybe tell me. No. Uh, I don't know. It's possible. Nearly yeah. always. Like, that's had, what I mean. I you mean, at the at, time, you yeah. have, like, no-name actors. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, any year, and I've done it for the last six years, uh, every single year you look at the biggest 15 returns of that year, every single one, without an exception, and I'm not exaggerating, is a horror film. Yeah. Every single one. There is none of the big films, not any of the like the Star Wars or any of that stuff. They don't have as big a return. So forget out. I'm going to write a horror film. Anyway, I'm going to write a horror. We're um, going to talk about a horror film right so now. You're going to write a horror film? What? No. What? what? <laughs> mm. so, Mr. Clive Barker, what's he up to, eh? 1996. He was executive producer in this one, and he wanted a fresh turn for the series after number three, which he was not a big fan of, despite him getting involved at the end. So they pretty early on pitched the idea of having three different time periods to Miramax, um, who greenlit it immediately without requiring an outline. Oh. No details at all, just like the three okay. different time periods. Uh, Walt Disney Pictures then bought Miramax films, uh, and their initial slate of films that they would be releasing under Disney included Scream, The Prophecy, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which is the one with Paul Rudd that we'll get to later nice. this year, and Hellraiser no Bloodline. Um, there was actually a big public outcry about this, about Disney putting out horror films and blah, blah, blah. And people got upset. But Disney had been doing, you know, like yeah. it's just that their name was more imprinted on it, I think. And people, it was quite public that they owned Miramax. We had a few directors as well who, who were offered it and turned it away. One of them was Guillermo del Toro, um, who turned down doing this film. Can you imagine? That would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Stuart Gordon, who directed Reanimator, he's quite famous for horror fans. He was slated to direct at one point, but then he left before filming began. And we ended up, yeah, with, with director Kevin Yeager. We do. We ended up know, with uh, Alan, Alan Smithy. Smithy. Alan Smithy. Yeah. And this was the last Hellraiser movie to get theatrically released. Yeah. Good luck to you guys. From here on out. Caramel, what did you do? Wait, how much money DVD, did this DVD, cost DVD. make? Uh, this cost $4 million. Okay. So this was compared, it was a little bit less than number three, but not massively. Like less, it was a, it was four times more than number one, and it was a little bit more than number two Yeah. Uh, to make this one. And ended up making just under $9 million um, domestic. Ooh. So not make it, it's the lowest return that they've had so yeah. far with, you know, this sort of medium to highest budget that they've had. And like I say, it didn't come out overseas in cinemas. It was just a straight to DVD one. Okay. Decay. Get straight into it. Decay. Decay. We start with the flash of Pinhead's face pre-credits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go into going into the actual credits, which again go quite a long time. Yeah. We, we have sort of the same musical theme here, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah, because we've got a different composer again. And we hear people screaming, I think. I don't know. There's weird yeah, voices. Yeah, it was like weird noises for sure. I couldn't figure out what it was. It almost sounded like carnival. Yeah. But then it was not. Yeah, no, no, not. not at all. We open on the space station. Space! Holy space. crap! I apologize. For space. I apologize if you're listening to this I'm with headphones. I'm so glad I was not drinking something. Uh, you were driving your car, and now you're not. Ah! <laughs> I apologize profusely. Space. <laughs> the next frontier. I just feel bad for the person like working out and this is in their headphones or something and Sorry. they just like fell off a treadmill. Sorry. You should have known if by listening to the last one you should have known. I've been waiting just to say look. space. He's ready for this space. We're in twenty one twenty seven, baby. Space time indeed. Space <laughs> I just say when I first watched this one, this wasn't that first night when I did the trilogy. This would have been the second night. Uh, I don't think I took a break. I think I went straight in. And yeah, I wasn't really ready for the space stuff. <laughs> like, oh. I had no idea. I like put it in. Went, what, wow. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And it kind of blew my mind. I'd done the Jasons already, so I'd had a bit of space with there. People always have this big thing to do with space in horror films. I think we said it before. This one, Jason, Leprechaun. And I don't know what else there is that goes into space with the big franchises. Yeah, it kind of gets crazy. Like, you know what would be crazy? Not many do. What if we take it to space? I don't know many do, though. I feel um, like that question is posed to every roundtable discussion for yeah, every like yeah. franchise, though. Before they dismiss it. What if? And Game they're like, Thrones. Jim, shut up. <laughs> no, you, got, <laughs> you guys, I have a, it's not what you think about space. Yeah. Like, get out. Okay, so Game of Thrones. Oh, what the heck? What are we going to do with the, the Night King? He's just taking all over uh, the Seven Kingdoms. I, I got an idea. Damn it. Damn it, Jim. No, not right now. Just, just hear me out. No. Oh. I'm going to write what my book. Say? What are you going to say? Huh? Space? Are you going to say space? Hey, that's not a bad idea. God damn it, Lewis. They just basically reboot all TV shows be in space. Do Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Yeah, that would, uh, Lost in Space Lost was in a movie. Space is oh, a thing shit, already. A yeah. Yes. So we're in space. We're on Space Station Minos. Um, it looks very clearly to me. Now, here's a problem because I've seen this movie a lot. I'm baked into me. We open this and it's clearly an open unfolded lemon configuration box to me. I didn't get that. You don't get it, what an ugly ass space station. It was really right. ugly. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it's really long and flat. That's how I went. <laughs> and what? CGI-E. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some cheap ass CGI looks yeah. in this film. So cheap. Okay. Well, good. That's good if it's not like coming across. I'm sure for me, it didn't come across at the beginning. I honestly can't remember at all. Now it's just so it is 
back. I was to too busy just freaking the fuck out that the entirety of this movie was going to be this terrible in space station. Yeah, I was in like, space station. I was preparing myself as with well. Guy like, with bad bald mask on. Her <laughs> yeah, his bald, bald cap. cap. Well, he didn't. He didn't. At different points. It's very confusing. I know. Yeah. I think <laughs> they just shot it at completely the out of sequences. All. So he yeah. got a bit of hair and come back and redid that beginning bit yeah. or something like that and put yeah. a bald cap on him. Or yeah. it was just well, okay. Well, we. We'll film some of these and then he'll still have his hair and then for the majority of his it's probably like a schedule conflict. Maybe. So it's like, oh we can get what's his name here or her and him on the same day and we could shoot out there. Yeah, but if it's even within the same two months, you kinda keep shaving your head like it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, but if it's day one of filming. But anyway, a bald man uh, seems to be alone in the space station. He's walking through to a control desk. And he's then got these gloves that look like sort of Nintendo power gloves yeah. that he puts on. Um, and he's controlling a robot that's sort of like a weird ghetto Terminator. Yeah, yeah it definitely looked like a Terminator. Like a cheap, but Terminator. it's like a Terminator that's, you know, been on a diet for too long. <laughs> it's kind of like really skinny and kind of cute, um, which is sitting cute behind Terminator. a blast door in front of him. And it's got one of the Lament configuration boxes in its hand. Uh, meanwhile, we're seeing that a ship is docking into his space station. And a, spa- a group of, I don't know what you want to call them, space SWAT team? I just like cops. Just cops. regular space cops. cops. Space cops. I put space cops, but they looked exactly the same. I'm going to call them space cops. Space cops, board the vessel. Wrote, All this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and audio is bad. Yeah, audio yeah. is pretty bad in yeah. a lot of space stuff. And they're rushing towards him, and we're sort of kind of between them getting onto the space station, trying to get to him. While he's controlling essentially the robot with these gloves. So he's like, the, the robot's behind his blaster, he's got the gloves on, and he's able to control his hand. So he can basically open the box, but within the safety of it being the robot in, behind the Jedi blaster. Jedi Nintendo Power Gloves. Yeah, exactly. it's making like the metal scratching as it's rubbing the circle. Yeah. <laughs> so it opens, yeah, it's really CGI. Like, the, the, it's the shot of yeah. its hands yeah. in particular that puts a bad taste in your mouth at the beginning yeah. of the film. Yep. But then you know, it, the robot does open the box, it flips across onto the ground, and then we get a sort of funny moment as a robot looks at the camera and makes a little squeak noise and then mm-hmm. blows up. Yeah. I was like, what? And then we get Pinhead's face again, just flashing for a second on screen. And then we're with uh, this character called Rimmer uh, following the SWAT, oh, I'm sorry, the police team, space police. Uh, space cops. Space cops. <laughs> as they're getting to the, uh, to the deck where, where this bull guy Control is. Control room. And we can hear snippets of his conversation where he says, long wait demon for such a short game and now curiosity is satisfied. It is time for revenge. And we see that he's talking to Pinhead over a TV screen for a brief second before the, the police. Lady uh, cop. The lady cops come in, see Jim, knock him out. So this well, opening's not grabbing well, you guys. Knock then. Him out. She just went. She just puts she, a gun to his head. Yeah, she says something like. She said, you're, 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 you're relieved from yeah, like, you're basically. Relieved. Yeah. All oh, right. I thought yeah. they knocked him. Okay. No, 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 no. That, they're, they're, it's not that kind of cops. They've worked out, you know, domestic violence type yeah, of Yeah, it's all, this is the future. Yeah. But how, no okay, so brutality. I have a question then, like, you know, just to skip from what we know, obviously, because we're returning to this throughout and he's about to tell yeah. the story that we're going to get. And this is basically the bookends of the movie with a few little sections in between. What are they doing? Like, we learned that he created this space station with a purpose, so we'll get into. And we learned that he sent everybody away once he'd used them as much as he needed to so they could be safe. Why is police cops turning up? Uh, he built this facility for the company or something. He was like hired to build it or something. No, he owns or, it. Or he owns, owns it. the space station. And then they said that it's like the biggest space station that to the world or something. It's like something that's really fundamentally necessary to Earth. And he then, as the owner of it, comes back and like 
sends everyone else that's on it, that's working on it away. And then they said he like becomes immersed in um, a complete recluse and no one can get a hold of him. So they're basically just coming to, to no, but to like take him away from it so that they can get this place back up and running. Cause they've just heard these like crazy. The guy was just like, dude, why would you come though with like a fucking army essentially? He's kind of crazy. Probably really powerful. It's, it's a small, like, that's a small SWAT team. Yeah. He's like only five people. It's not yeah. that big. They're just like, yo, like, dude, armed with these like ridiculously long guns, and then they come in super aggressive. You think you'd at least like phone in and go, "Hey, can you run if we do?" Well, he's answer. probably not answering. We don't see any of that though. I know, but I don't know. it just seems just like drama for the sake get of drama. That vibe yeah, from him. I mean, they, you know, take it to the extreme for sure. But at least they didn't beat him up. There's no police brutality. No, that's a feature. I remember very probably because <laughs> they needed this guy's like face to look the same because he's about to play like four other roles. Yeah. Like, don't mess up his so, face. <laughs> yeah, we learn. So the man says that he built it and he's hijacked. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, it says here that he's hijacked the company's most productive ship. That's what I've written down. And there so, you go. Yeah. Something like that. And then there's a girl, yeah, which is called Rima. So she's talking to him and we learn that she's in a, been an admirer of him. We just get one throwaway line from, yeah. her, I think, her boss. Yeah. I'm not sure of everybody's rankings here. Yeah. Um, who says, oh, he's not the great man that you thought he was and blah, blah, blah. We yeah. also discuss how her hair is wet all the time. Oh, very yeah. wet. All the future, time. Future hair always yeah. wet. Only goes, for women. Only women yeah, have wet hair. because they want their hair. hair to look really nice and moist. Mo- moist. Moist hair. All right. Yeah. Like healthy, shiny, <sighs> shimmery. That's so ridiculous. So he's, she's sitting down. She's like, let me interview him. I'll talk to him. I'll find out what's going on. So she sits down with him and he's like telling her that he's made the crew leave for their own safety. She's saying, why is there a problem with the ship? And he's like, no. And then he's like, yeah, all right, that's it. There's a problem with the ship and some brilliant <laughs> acting. Yeah. You also, all have to get off now. Get the well, fuck well, off the ship. They specifically wanted to say the same. Car, car douche? Car douche? Car douche? Or car douche? Was car douche? Oh, yeah. That guy. One of the guys. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys is called car douche? Something like car that. Car douche or something. Wow. Yeah, some, it sounds more Italian. Or yeah, it's a car douche. Look him up on the IMDb. But I remember it sounded like douche, and I was like, wow, just <laughs> one with it. Good writings. Cartaducci. Yeah, uh-huh. it's something yeah. like that. But yeah, so he says, I'm playing the end game here, Remmer. I'm finishing something that began centuries ago. I built this place for a reason, which was to create the biggest trap in history. So does that not key you off immediately that that's what this is? What? Yeah, but I still didn't know that the entire thing yeah, was the whole thing. a okay. configuration. Yeah, I knew something was going down. I love this though because he's like he's clearly in a huge rush. He's like, you don't understand. We have to do this. We have to do this. We've got to get out. Like we've got to get going. And he also and didn't blink the whole time. He's an intense boy. And he's like, and then he suddenly just goes, "If I tell you the whole story, will you let me continue and finish what I'm doing?" And she doesn't really say yes or anything. And then he just goes off on our entire film story. He was in a huge rush. Yeah. He's literally he's got Cenobites like, trapped in a yep. locker in another yeah. room. And a timer yeah. that's about to start ticking down, but hasn't yet. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, all right, I'll tell you. Like, he's either like, I have to go right now, or I'm going to tell you an hour and a half long story. Mm-hmm. story. Yeah. <laughs> Something. He's like, well, I got a little bit of time. I suppose I could tell this my whole, life story. This whole beginning is completely unnecessary, in okay. my opinion. You're spending 90% of your film in a, in a flashback. Which, yeah. as a, from a story writing perspective, that means that you started your story in the wrong spot. Like, you could easily come back after we get to this point of figuring out this past. You could have just started with knowing who Le Marchand was. Like, figuring out all of that, thinking you're in that time period, and then at the end, the twist is actually this story has progressed much further than you thought. And Because w- they literally retell this whole scene 
again at the end because mm-hmm. it's been so long since we've heard this. Yeah. This whole first 20 minutes, completely unnecessary. They needed to just cut this whole thing. Well, I'm telling you. I liked it. (laughs) No. It was like. Because it was a whole other story that took me away from the main story. Even you in the middle of the film, though, you were like, oh, I totally forgot we were in space. Yeah. Because we shouldn't be where we are yet. Which is hilarious because I'm like, oh, I'm being entertained. And at that point, I'm just like, all right, where are we going to go with this? It's because I I didn't really know where they were going with it. So it was kind of fun to just be like, because the other ones were very predictable as where they're going to go. This was, you know, you have space and you're like, okay, there's this thing that has to happen. I know how that's going to end. But this other half, I'm like, where are you going, man? Yeah, but it would have been so much more fun as a payoff if you didn't know that it was going to end up in space. Because all of a sudden you'd be like, holy shit, we're in space. If it started off with that story first and then it went to like, and then it just dropped it on you. It would have like, been so good. Wait, he's being interrogated? What the hell yeah. is this? Wait, it's the same. But then you'd be confused. You'd be nah, like, I think it would have been good. He's in space, but he was in the French Revolution time. No, because you, you would that know that it was like the progression of his bloodline. Because you would get it. Because you would start at the beginning with the toy maker. Yeah. And then you obviously see that this next guy is the architect. And then the guy that you're with at the very end is his son or a Oh, you're saying lineage. Skip coming back to the ship after the... No, I'm saying skip this opening intro. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying you're saying... She's going never from, come back to the ship. She's saying just... Yeah, do it go from the toy yes. maker to the merchant yes. instead of like toy start maker... start at the beginning of your story and go to, to space, the end of your story. To merchant, to space. Yeah, okay. it would yeah. have been a great payoff, I yeah, think. Yeah, that would have been kind of crazy. Yeah. You'd have been like, whoa, am I watching the Tom Hanks Atlas movie? <laughs> I, didn't well, I think it would have been good. That's a trait. So, yeah. What I was going to say is an interesting setup because that is how the film was originally well, intended. Well, I should yeah. kept The film it. was originally intended to be told in the order that it happens. So, it was going to start in where cool. we're about to go into the French. I think it's the Renaissance era. Although, everything's French Renaissance when you do films on a <laughs> And then to 1996, which was the present day. And we'll refer to it as present day for the, for the purpose of this podcast. Otherwise, it's going to get confusing. Mm-hmm. And then into the future, which I think we're ironically closer to now than present day. Well, it's still 100 years or something. Oh, yeah. One Cut to. Oh, about hey, we're Where's that? <laughs> but it's a trade-off because what you're saying is something where uh, you get there and then you'd be like, oh, my God, we're in space. But the, the effect that you wouldn't have is the trade-off of why anybody ever does a flashback. Like, the reasons to do a flashback is you never want to do a flashback like you're saying where you dangle something, you go, well, this is now you know where you're heading. Now, luckily for them, well, not luckily, but by Construct, their one is in the future. So anything in the past is like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen in the middle here because it's not like we're dealing with the same character uh, in the same time space, in the same locations. So normally it's like, well, I've seen it at the end, so I know these people are going to be alive. But we know like very quickly they're in different generations, so you don't know who's going to be alive by the time you get there. And the real payoff with doing a flashback is you want to dangle something in front of people's faces and then make them feel stupid for missing that at the beginning because by the end... You have to pay off. And the payoff is obviously that the space station that you see, as we're going to get to at the end, is actually a huge Lamont configuration box. Um, and the payoff here is like having that at the beginning. Now, unfortunately, and we'll get into it because I noticed you guys saying out loud when you figured out that it was a box. I think they show it one too many times that then you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they showed it one less times, I think it's going to have a bigger impact when yeah. it finally does what it's doing yeah. at the end. But it only has that impact because it's the very first thing you see in this movie. And it goes over your head because no one's really going to think about that. Uh, If you just then saw it for those last sort of 10 minutes, because it's not much, 10, 15 minutes or whatever at the end of this thing, 
it wouldn't have much of a payoff. Can you build? Well, I only just got introduced to this thing. It's not a big twist that it's the lemon configuration box. Well, okay. So my compromise here would be then instead of just showing opening title sequence by itself with weird like circus music in the background or laughing in the background, you could just do without vocals, without anything happening. You could just show this guy on a spaceship doing the robot thing and the robot blowing up and so like some sort of sequence that kind of gives you a hint of where you're headed, but then not come back to that. Like don't talk about it, nothing. And then you just immediately start with the French Renaissance. Yeah. I don't think you need him filling her in with the whole story. No, him telling the story. Because we literally out. hear it twice. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. But that's true of a million films where they do that. You come I'm back just and they telling you how I could have made this better movie. I like I like the structure. The structure is actually something I spent a lot of time thinking about over the years, and I actually really like the structure of this movie. It's flawed. It's From a storytelling perspective, it's flawed. I think it's fun. And no, but it's yeah, it's the way that they've done it that I think is flawed. Um, okay. But I like the structure. I like starting there and going, "What the fuck is going on?" If it was shot properly, if it had a good script, if it had good actors, yeah. if they fine tuned like things, like but the idea, but the basic idea for me, and I'm going to spoil that right now. The basic idea for me of this film taking place in three completely different eras throughout time and then the structure of it being like that bookending it really with the space station stuff and then filling in the gaps i love like i really really do i love the basic idea of this and i think it's so wildly crazy and wonderful because it takes things from the original book like that it was hinted at and then expands upon them massively to to do classic lore that fits i think with hellraiser and then there's new stuff with it as well mm-hmm. unfortunately for me a lot of the delivery is off in this movie um, which, yeah, we'll get into. But that basic structure, I really, really like. Mm. I like a lot. I just um, had anxiety through a lot of the first, like, 20 minutes that we were going to go back to space. <laughs> and I was like, can we just stay where we are? Let's just, I like this movie. <laughs> space. Anxiety. Yeah. It's the final frontier. Anxiety in space. So then he starts his story talking about his ancient ancestor called Philippe Le Marchand, who we've heard about in, as he mentioned in the, actually, as he mentioned in the films at all, he's mentioned in the book, as a person who created the box, right? I thought he was mentioned once in the first one by Frank. But I don't remember. I could I be making like that was. up. I feel like he was as well. I think like I was thorough... too close to the book for the first one. So I don't really remember the which remember was which. One? Have you ever heard the Le Marchand name? Uh, no. No. Okay, maybe not. What's the box name? Well, the guy who made Lament it is Le Marchand. But yeah, Philip Le Marchand is the... The original toy maker who created it. Oh yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay, so he's a French toy maker. He was commissioned by a wealthy aristocrat called Dalil. Dalil, uh, obsessed with the black occult to build a box, and he didn't doesn't know what it's going to do. Doesn't really know. He's just given very specific orders of what it, the design has to be, basically. So he finishes the box, and his wife tries it out, but it basically doesn't do anything. It just does, you know. Well, it's just one of the boxes that they have to make as props because it just goes up and goes down again, right. basically. And he's really upset that she doesn't appreciate what he considers his masterpiece. So he heads to the aristocrat straight away there late at night to deliver it. And she shows that she's pregnant, uh, which lets us know, in my eyes, lineage. that he's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. we've been told, oh, cool, his lineage is already secured. We don't need him anymore. Yep. And as one of you two pointed out, she could have avoided everything that happens in all the other films if she had just... She could have been sexier. <laughs> more convincing yeah she really, could have saved it i mean she could have just gone with him like oh let's get out of here yep or she could be like fine just go there and come straight home 
because and, money. Then, and give her like give him like a little you know like yeah you're gonna get money so come home get a reward <laughs> then you're like oh i gotta go home like here's your damn thing all right see you later man I gotta, go. like, I gotta go He's like, home. woman, I already knocked you up. I know That's what right. you've gotten. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we get Adam Scott in his first feature film role, bringing a yep. peasant girl into the opulent home of the aristocrat Delisle uh, to his banquet table where he, she's allowed to greedily eat. You guys didn't know Adam Scott was going to be in this movie. Took no. you a couple no. of seconds. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. When I saw him, I went, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow. So Adam Scott was actually, because you guys were saying, like, oh, I wonder how he feels about this movie now if he looks back in it. He was incredibly grateful for getting cast. He cited the film as being a huge deal for him as it was a real movie. And he took the role very, very seriously. Even though uh, apparently on the first day on set, they got his name wrong on his chair and called him Adam Craig. Oh, Aww. sad. That's a, that's a soul-crushing like, That is moment. really sad. You're like, I'm so excited. So. <laughs> I can imagine him just showing up and be like, do, do, do. Hey, guys. Me. Oh. Yeah, my name's spelled wrong. Yeah, my name's spelled wrong on call sheets. And it just sucks, man. Yeah, like, great. You didn't even take the time. Well, at least your name has some level of difficulty to it. Adam Scott. Is a yeah. very wow. fucking. Thanks. E- Thanks. I'm saying, Ouch. Je- at least, like, I could understand if it was like Justin, like someone calling no, no, you it's Justin my first or name something. That gets misspelled. I understand. That's and what I'm, I'm like, saying. It's an email. You just asked me for my email, and it's in there. How do you guys misspell it? Just name. I'm just saying your name's not happened, the first name ever given to man <laughs> historically mm, speaking. Adam and Steve. <laughs> Jesus was the first name. Sketch. No, a really cute thing though with Adam Scott. It's despite the trouble production on this film and the relative box office failure, he auditioned for the sequel, Aww. and he hopes that they wouldn't remember he was in the last Aww. one because I like he, him. He knew they wouldn't cast him because it doesn't make sense to Dude, have. You know what you gotta yeah, do now? Like, yeah. can't bring you, you back. You gotta make good. a new one and have Adam Scott Adam be in Scott. it. He would totally be down. Be like, you make it one. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Can I can I come audition? Can I come audition? Maybe offer only. No, you know what? I'll just come in. Don't even worry. Just let me know. Date time. I'll be there. By the time we get to the end of the series, we we may well want to make our own one. Because... Oh man. <laughs> anyway, Adam Scott. So he's bringing this peasant girl in. She's immediately quite creepy. I find this actress. Eh. She's just there to have a good time. So Dalil, yeah. who is very camp French yeah. aristocrat, he does With some magic on her. Weird. He's a weird dude. Face. And Scott tells her that he's the greatest, uh, Delila is the greatest magician in all of France. There's the greatest toy maker and the greatest magician. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of greats in here. A lot yeah. of greats. Adam Scott's the greatest assistant <laughs> in France. I'm the greatest Adam. So I have a weird thing with this period of time. This period of time when men wore white wigs. makeup and wigs yeah. mm-hmm. really makes my stomach turn for some reason. There's something very just like about the dark hallways, the candle lights. And I wasn't there. So just, only movie representations. You weren't? Why? I may have been. Isn't that I in your head? I think all English people yeah. were in some point part of the aristocracy. Just candles yeah. And yeah. I just think of it as really dirty. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're all dirty. There's something yeah. ugly and loud and just, I don't, it really upsets me. So I, yeah. uh, my memories of this film, and this is the one I think I've gone back to maybe the least. So Nate? Would just like, yeah. <laughs> no, the thing, well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it upsets me. But yeah, my memories of this were, oh, I like some of these ideas, but I just hate, I hate that period of time so much. And they don't really have the money to do it that well. Yeah. yeah. So it's all quite ugly how it's shot and quite sweaty and lots of up close shots of things. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I just find it quite, again, ugly. There's a lot, a bit repulsive. 
but I really do like, I like this era. Like I've never seen an iconic slasher. Well, he's not a slasher here, a villain really, but you know what I mean? An iconic villain yeah. in this period of time is like Jason's uh, never Interview with this. a vampire. Like, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like Jason or yeah. Freddy or Michael Myers or Chucky. Right. Like, you're never going to get this time hopping quite Jason like this. Jason and French aristocracy. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's <laughs> got a ruffled uh, neck. He just has a wig. And he's got a masquerade sort of like mask. lopsided on his, his head. His hockey mask is a yeah. hockey masquerade mask. He's a little, his little uh, like dot, like yeah. the beauty oh. mark on his oh mask. Oh my gosh, I wish I was an artist I could draw a nice mask. Uh, you should, it would be hilarious to do Jason throughout the centuries. He oh, still has his so machete, funny. but it's got like <laughs> swirls and flowers. That would be awesome. You like, I mean, you're saying that you haven't dread when you go into the spaceship stuff, Katie. Will you relieve to be in this stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind this stuff because it doesn't bother me, Actually, apparently, the same way it bothers you. Who are artists, you should totally draw Renaissance era portraits of all the slashers because that would sell for a lot. That would do cool. Yeah. Uh, it's our idea. Nobody take it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there are certain things where I kind of almost believe in previous lives because there's certain things I have such like physical reactions to like this era. Where I'm like something bad must have happened to me in a previous mm-hmm. life in this era because I just hate it so much. Possible. But yeah, they, they then tie her to the chair. She does this annoying, weird sort of, ooh, 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 Well, because she says something about time. like, are you naughty or, or he said something about her. And so it's no, like. She says, you're such a gentleman. Are you always a gentleman? Oh, and he says, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Which is really good. Actually. I would have been pissed if I was her. I wrote it down because she's like excited to eat and she gets to eat like two grapes and yeah. then they tie her arms down. I'd be like, wait, <laughs> I have not you. even started here. And she asked them why they're being tied down. And they say, so you don't bruise. They kind of like that. They're just being that upfront about it. Mm-hmm. And then chains come down from the ceiling. I don't see anybody press a button or wince anything. They just sort of. Just He's a magician. Out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. He's black magic. I don't know if you actually caught that reference. Got it. Yeah. Uh, your least favorite kind of magic. Yeah. Um, and then she writes to panic. Huh? The last one. Podcast, you hate black magic. <laughs> <laughs> White magic only. <laughs> White allowed. magic only. You said. And then she begins to panic True. as the chains come down. Oh, are you blushing? I forgot I said that. It's been a whole week since uh, that last podcast. Uh, too long. And then she sees that the food that she was eating was actually rotted and full of maggots. That's a horrible. good magic trick, though. Yeah. The food you ate, ta-da, is spoiled. <laughs> You're going to get so sick. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> Joke's magic trick is your stomach. <laughs> so then Scott strangles her. I'm just going to call him Scott. That's easy. Yeah. And then the toy maker turns up at the house and we see paintings of demons and there are candles everywhere. Candles allowed, I feel, in this film because that's the only yeah, way they have to light electricity. Up. Exactly. I'm, I'm letting it go. Um, he delivers the box to Scott and to the Dalil. Um, he's all happy about it. And then they go back in and they clear away the banquet table and there's a huge hex on the floor. I put it's a tax on you. So they knew that he was going to deliver it at this time? Yeah. Where they I think were like, charged. you have to get it here by midnight? Yeah. I know it's a bit contradictory to what his conversation with his wife is, yeah. but I feel like he was definitely working to it. Yeah, you got to be ready by this time. Because yeah. it's like, otherwise they like murdered her for no reason. Yeah. What if he was just like, oh, sorry, you guys, I'll bring it tomorrow morning. I know. And you like, think you'd get the box first before you do this shit. Yeah. But, yeah. He really... was just like, always on time or always. As timeless as your toys or timely and, uh, as your toys. But these are the writing problems you get yeah. too. Because then you're like, okay, yeah. well, if I write it like that, then he's never going to see them kill her because all the stuff that they're doing to her because it wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. I get it. But I'm just saying. 
Like they tie oh, her up continental. and the toy maker's watching from outside and then they skin her kind of through silhouettes though, which mm-hmm. was kind of a bit yeah. classier at least. It's cool. Um, and then they hang up a hollow skin, which I kind of like. I like this. Yeah. And do this sort of blood ritual. Because it's weird here. They're not using the box the way it's normally used. It's just used. sitting off to the side. Yeah, they're doing like a well, proper big no, satanic blood ritual. Well, there's no magic in the box yet. The box is just a box. Right oh, now. really? Is that how you see it? Yeah. I didn't get this at Cause, all. Because when, when he made it, there's like nothing special about it. So when she opens, she's like, okay, did nothing. Cool. Hmm. That's why it didn't do like no demons or anything because mm-hmm. right? it's just a basic box. So and it had to be enchanted yeah. first. Yeah. It with the satanic ritual. Yeah, because uh. he puts it in the like the ground in the center or whatever. Right. And then he mm-hmm. does a whole ritual, and then it's like pew, pew, lightning bolts, illuminating <laughs> blood. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I never, I never saw it that way. But you do have a point. I'm gonna have to reflect upon things. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do some research. <laughs> I yeah. always just saw it as, yeah, no, like that he knew the design of what the box needed to be to do what it had to do. But they were using the box in a different way because they weren't trying to summon, like they weren't trying to create a pathway back and forth. They're trying to create a pathway just into a conduit, basically. Right. So they were combining the box with a blood ritual to do something. But you could be right. It could be like combining both. It could be like bringing the demon into her while also imbuing the box with that power so they don't have to do that satanic ritual anymore. The gateway uh... opens through the box from then onwards. Yeah. Because that's essentially what they do there is opening a pathway, which is what the box does. So you think if they had opened it with other intentions in mind that weren't like sexy, sexy, that it would have different repercussions? Like would they have gotten a different demon? What do you mean? Because like they, they summoned the her, this demon with the intention of doing like, se- like dark, sexy, brutalistic things right. with her. So what if you had summoned her like a demon to, I don't know, for wealth or world destruction or whatever? Like, would that be what you get every time? I don't think so. I think it's kind of random. I mean, maybe at a particular incantation for what type of demon, what type you're bringing up. Yeah. That's a different box, man. But I think it was probably just random whatever demon, but they just used a particular vessel. So the vessel was what pleased them. And then the demon is just trapped in it and has to do whatever you tell it to do. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think that demon is boy or girl. It's just a demon. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I get Genders. that. Yeah. I don't know. It could be a demon that's really good at destroying the world, but I just don't want to use it in that way. It's like I'm meant for something, guys. I have, I specialize in world destruction. I'm very mm, good this. at arts and crafts. <laughs> Give me yeah. blowjob. Mm, no, just mm, put your finger in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All, right. All right, I guess I'll I destroy it. I am wasted that. on you. That's a South Park uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> so then. What happens? Uh, they, they do the blood ritual. Delil says the Latin incantation over and over again. Oh. Blood begins to go, like you said, and then the box begins to solve itself. Sorry, I, I forgot to uh, say what my thoughts were on the box thing. So we've got the first box creator, which is the toy maker, mm-hmm. and then his wife, the first hater of the box. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, uh, lots of guts in there. Weird sacrifice. <laughs> did they go? Yeah. Okay, cool. You know? Oh, no, no. Uh, all periods of time. Don't know what that means. <laughs> and How then, do you write this stuff down? Justin writes his own notes and then uh, tries to decipher them gonna, in the podcast. It takes a magician to start it because of the black magic. And He's not really a magician, though, is he? I think he's like yeah. a genuine, just a genuine fucking wizard. Well, he black magic because yeah. he's mm-hmm. doing a summoning. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, I put down David Cole. Me a toy becomes weapon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, you go. Yeah. 
brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, uh, oh, genius. Yeah, but then the box begins to solve itself, or whether it's doing what you're saying, it taking that power into itself, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? It's like charging. You know, it's like there was no charge for it. <laughs> That's so the USB. Solar powered. Yeah. And so now it's soul powered. And then a chasm with the doorway opens beneath the girl's body and the box opens and we see the girl's skin begin to fill out. I kind of like this. It's very cool. Effect. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. it's great. I don't like, quite cool. know how they do it. They do a few different things. There, I was but. like, nicely done. Snug like a glove. Yeah. Uh, Scott, meanwhile, is hiding, cowering behind like a pillar and eventually yeah. comes out. And then, yeah, the Leal says a summon demon is yours to command unless you stand in hell's way, uh, which is very open. Because it's me, hell's way, just whatever it feels like they, doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's yours to command unless it doesn't want to do what you want it to do. And Basically. then it does whatever it wants. That's where you just got to go. Is this for hell or is this your own? Yeah, idea? I think that would be the thing. Well, I kind of want to do it for myself. And you go, mm, well, do you have to tell me if it's for hell? Because then you're standing in yeah, hell's can way. Can you lie to me? Yeah. You, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, I think that is the thing. And we'll get to it when we I think they when just that have to be happens. honest. They're just like very upfront up about what they want to but do. Yeah, demons. but that's just like it, honesty it is, is not their big thing. If it's yeah. something that's going to affect Hell's general plan, but do we do they know general plan of what Hell's no, trying to do? I, think I don't they know. Just kind of did on the definitely way. seems like a good loophole there. And then he who summons the magic commands the magic, which again doesn't quite pay off with what we're about to see. No, uh, because definitely Delil is the one who summoned. The magic. Mm-hmm. So he's the one commanding the magic for sure. Yeah. The toy maker then uh, runs and relays what he saw in her to his friend who is a, I don't know what. More like a, a mortician, mortician type guy. He's, yeah, it's like one of those. Uh, he's a scientist. It's a scientist working on cadavers. Yeah. Basically. There's more uh, blood against lips in this scene, by the way, yeah. yes. when Anjali comes like revived. Which I think we've had in every single one up yeah. to this point. There's yeah. at least one woman like running blood around her lips. Yeah, there's a lot of mirroring in these films I had no yeah. idea about until watching it from this perspective where I'm like, oh yeah, of course, that's mm-hmm. from this and that's from that one and that's a little nod and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the blood on the lips is definitely re- repeated imagery. But yeah, Toymaker goes and talks to his friend who's definitely a man of science at least who's cutting up some cadavers. We get a really, for me, a pointless scene. A yeah. pointless thing of him showing him ripping open bodies. And showing yeah. all the guts inside it. And it's like, why do I need to see all this? Just because it's a horror film. You're trying to gross me out. Yeah. Um, it's just showing, I think, like pedestrian ways of, you know, the, what they used to have to do to bodies. Instead of like the nice, delicate. Can you imagine if this was an elegantly, properly shot film? And you just like held on one shot with that. And you gradually just sort of panning in towards them as they talk. And you might hear him doing stuff off screen. Yeah. Which would actually get under your skin and make it seem more like, oh. Like mm-hmm. maybe just a quick one frame flash or something at the end before you get out there. But yeah. instead it's just like, look at all the gold. Look at it. Look what look we can this. do. Look how cool this is. I got that little screen rake thing to open the chest. Yep. Yeah. And that's a problem with so many horror films. I feel it's just like 14 year old boys just going like, look at it. <laughs> look, look at, at the, the boobs. Look at some gold. Look right. at it. It's like, come on. Just have like, no way to use it to make it scary particularly boobs no way to use them to make scary, scary boobs but yeah this is a man of science who tells him it's not the dark ages and they've gotten rid of god i don't think they had at that time no i feel god was- you had like the plague and french revolution and stuff yeah. like yeah. god was very present exactly uh, also um this made me this is a moment where i went oh actor is both he's a spaceman and the frenchman <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together yep and then the man tells him, theoretically, you've designed a machine that can bring forth demons, so why not design one that can destroy demons? Back to the drawing boards. Now, I hate it when they say lines like this, though, in a film, because they're not the opposite of each other. He hasn't made 
a box that creates demons. No. He's made a box that makes a pathway and brings them in. So the opposite would be to make a box that pushes them back through the doorway, which I the box that's already what he does. Said. Is that not what he said? No, he literally says you've no. designed a machine that can bring forth demons, so design one that can destroy them. Oh. And it's like, well, that's not the opposite of bringing one through. No. It's killing it. I don't think he wanted to send them back. Like, just kill them. Yeah, no, I get it. Here's but like, I just oh. mean, just because you can do one thing doesn't mean you can do something that's completely different. Mm-hmm. It's not you like you just start reversing. He's not let trying let to do the opposite. Something. Right? Are you a scientist? That I, man is. I am a man of God. So. Oh well, okay. Never mind. <laughs> You're qualified. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that kind of annoyed me. But then we go back to the future for a moment. Dun, 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 dun. As he's telling his story and how Lamarchon designed something then to kill the demon. So he's creeping back into the mansion. Now, do we know why he's creeping back into the mansion? Is he taking... He needs the box. He wants to, like, get that box get back. Get the box back? Yeah. Is that just to have it for scientific reasons or because he just wants them to stop using it? I don't Does he know. need it's it? It's not anything? entirely clear. Yeah. Because, again, if they're saying that he created a box that could bring in demons, then that would contradict your thing of the black magic being needed for the box to bring demons in. Because it means I the think, box was well, made to do well, that. Well, I think he needs that box because it's the only one that has like the demon enchantingness right so which makes sense why he would have to go and steal it because he's like well i can make a box but that's completely useless because i don't know what the hell they did to get it powered up yeah i don't know know. it does seem and i mean it's technically like a weapon now so you would want that to power whatever other weapon you might make just to like keep it safe I don't know. So they can't but bring anymore. Been told that you made a box that could bring them across. So I just feel like so maybe, maybe he the doesn't box want more. Already to- had the power in it, but I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely but vague. He just told me the story. He's like, oh, I give him the box, and then they, uh, you know, because the fact that like later on, well, we'll get to it, but like that they're scared of the building, which has bits of the box. It's like, well, if it doesn't, if it's not imbued with magic, if it's not, because there's lots of boxes, and they haven't imbued lots of boxes with the magic. They definitely don't know what they're doing with the law. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, because at first I thought it was that he was going to reverse it and then send the demon back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what you're saying does make sense because he wouldn't, A, A, it's not out of whack, like it's put back together. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work with our lore up to this point. And then B, yeah, he's already designed, like you see the blueprints of this box Mm -hmm. that he's already working on. So it's like, yeah, why does he need this other one? Or maybe he was going to try to take it apart to understand like what the hell is now in this. Because I mean, yeah, because he was talking about the light and there's a light that emits from it, that like blue light. He's probably trying to figure out like, how do I get this light that's in there? Maybe. Mm. Or something, I don't know. I'm going to, you managed to convince me and now I'm unconvinced again, Justin. (laughs) And now I think the box by its design can summon the demons. Um, but why he's going back, I don't really know. Hundred well, percent. Yeah, I mean, well, I still think before he designed it, there was no power to it because it was I just a box, was. and that's why she was like, "This is lame. Does nothing." No, but that's just because she's not like opening it properly and doesn't have any desire. Well, every time they but, do it, electricity or something goes. Yeah, nothing just, happened. But they literally say, like, he literally said, "You designed something that can bring them across." Yeah, but that's because they now use the box. He saw. But then every the box. other box. That's what I'm saying. Every other box in the series wouldn't work. Yeah, well, that's well. Who knows who made them from then, that point on? Because they talked about he says different put black magic in every box. Well, he says the people that created the box for these people, and then they would go. And <sighs> I don't know because like then the building wouldn't be scary to Pinhead because yeah, this, it wouldn't have any magic imbued into it. Well, he knows what they're or he must know what that, fa- that lineage is capable of, though. Yeah, but, that wasn't him, says, but it wasn't the toy maker who put the magic into it. Then, if we're going with no, the theories that magic, yeah, they can design the portal. Yeah. yeah, but then you need a magician to come along. Like David Copperfield needs to come along and put magic into the but building. But he had he had the 
No, he wasn't scared of the building. He just was scared he of the... Scared. the, the well, no, no, he's not scared. Of, well, he's being stupid, and we'll get to it. But Pinhead <laughs> thinks he can use the building to create a pathway, which if right. there's no magic in the building, then he can't. But that's so what I've, he was gonna. He was like, "We're gonna work together, and we're gonna design this so that it's like an open portal at all times, mm-hmm. like a pathway that yeah, I can walk." But to he was from. like to finish it because it wasn't in alignment. Like right. it wasn't a proper box in the building. It just had the pieces. There, yeah. Basically. Well, I guess because at that time they couldn't create light from nothing. Now he can create light. Well, was, yeah, but the light is to kill. And it's not to light. Yeah, the light is, is what they don't want to yeah, happen. I didn't understand that whole entire bit with mm-hmm. the laser light show. I was like, what are you doing? All right, are you making another portal? I don't get I'm agreeing that it's vague and whatever their intentions are that they it's definitely go back on it. Yeah. I don't. I'm thinking that the box is actually, I'm thinking the opposite of you in that I think the box is just works. I don't think it's anything to do with his black magic. Wow. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I might have to do some more research on that before oh. our next podcast. I just saw this because i got it from the the paintings that were on the wall it's like sacrificial and then yeah 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 like black mass style where you have to do a sacrifice in order to get but again but i think that was to do with because we've never we've all the box has always just been used with opening yeah. the doorway to bring the centibites across we've never seen a demon possess anybody yeah i think the whole entire bit just kind of throws it all confusing it does confusing because mm-hmm. stuff we have not well, we'll just have to see if this box works here <laughs> beep boop <laughs> Getting blood, he's creeping through the mansion, and his wife sees his obsessive designs for what he's trying to create to destroy them, and goes after him. There's blood everywhere. The aristocrat has been killed, we think, and Scott is playing with the girl in bed. Le oh, Marchand she playing with him. He's playing with him. Yeah. Uh, Le Marchand tries to grab the box, which is right next to the aristocrat, but it turns out he's not dead, and he grabs his hand, and then he dies. Question yeah. mark. He's yeah. like final gasp. Yeah. yeah. What was the point of that? Just. I don't know. Jump scare. Angelique asks him, so she's then alerted and asks him to use his fingers with her. <laughs> and Scott yeah, knocks him out. Pliant fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's going on here? Because yeah, it's, it, like she seems to almost have this affection to the toy maker. Yeah. And then later on pretends that they've had this big history and they haven't. No. At all. This is it. He's dead in this scene. Am I yeah. right? He dies shortly hereafter. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know because what happens is they don't show what she does to him and then there's the amount of time that his wife takes to get to where he's at and then she comes in and he then like stumbles and goes ah right so i'm like well did they do something and then I she's she like just yeah but him. i mean it's a small amount of time like uh yeah whatever happens like that night he dies right yeah he does yeah. That. so they never had a long because then the wife gets well because then scott's saying to him you and your bloodline cursed the end of time because of your puzzle box mm-hmm. which I'm like, well, why would he be cursed the end of time like, yeah. He just seems to be a contrived line that makes the film work. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, why? Just, I think there's just lines and things in there to make it keep going. Yeah. Yeah, but then he tells her to, tells the, the Angelique to go and kill the toy maker and then come back to where she belongs. And you can see this look already in her face, so she doesn't like Scott. And she does seem to have this weird affection for the toy maker, but yeah. I just don't understand why. And then the wife sneaks through the house, finds her husband dying, so she kisses him and fucks off. <laughs> Basically. Yep. She's like, all right, you... Stupid idiot. She's like, this looks bad. We don't have the technology to fix you. Yep. Bye. That is the end of the oldie times. Now we're back in the future again. He's telling her how Angelique had many boxes made from the design, but she wanted one that would keep oh, doors sorry. open forever. Sorry, to interrupt you. Yeah. She was like, I want, let me play with your fingers, basically. And he goes, take my soul. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't bro. want your soul. I want what? your fingers. Which is a weird response to her. <laughs> yeah. Take my soul. Why? He's, he knows what they do. That's just He's weird, man. Movies. Yeah. Yeah, so we learned that she had many boxes made from design, but she wants one that will keep the doorways open forever. I do like that we have this older Cenobite. This, like, 
she's got more lineage going on yeah. than Pinhead. And now we're in 1996 for now, as it were. Angelique is in Paul Merchant's Dreams, who is the middle ancestor, or well, not even the middle, but the middle ancestor of this story, at least. And his wife looks unbelievably like Meryl Streep. But you just call him Paul's name is John. Well, it's weird because in the credits, he's called Paul. Well, that's the, the first Oh, one. is that the first one? Yeah, and then Paul becomes John, John and then Merchant. John and then Philip. Yeah. It's really weird because he becomes, in the, in the future one, he's called Philip Le Merchant, which is way more French. Yeah. And should be the name of the first one. Yeah. Which is confusing as fuck. Yeah. It gets really crazy. But I remember John Merchant because I was like, wow, what a basic name. And I was like, oh, that's his name. We'll call him John We'll Merchant. just call him Merchant. <laughs> because Merchant. it's too confusing. Merchant. 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 <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, his wife looks like Meryl Streep. We're just going to call her Meryl Streep. And uh-huh. she looks crazily like Meryl Streep when she was young. Unfortunately, cannot act like Meryl Streep. No. Nope. But she should totally be like a Meryl Streep impersonator. Make oh, yeah. her a lot more money. Yeah, definitely. Just do well. No, she's just playing Meryl Streep in a biopic about young Meryl Streep. Yeah, done. Good luck. Huh. And um, then also be impersonator. Probably too late now. I feel the like gay men would love her. We're twenty years after this movie now, aren't we? Something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too late. It's too late. Too uh, late. For Meryl Streep says disguise. Every- <laughs> Meryl Streep disguise. <laughs> He says it's all haunting his dreams, and she says, uh, it's with his mother's stories, is that what she says? Like, your mother's stories got in your head? Yeah, yeah. or something like that, because she cusses as well. She's like, it's your goddamn grandmother or something. Yeah. yeah. So is the grandmother, do you think, meant to be his, the, the wife? Yeah, Love the French yeah. wife, maybe. I guess that would work out time-wise, maybe. Yeah. That's a stretch. Just, right, it might do. That's a bit of a stretch though but sure it could do 96 to well it depends on how young when they had sex <laughs> but yeah it could do she was young in, mm-hmm. when she had him uh, or had the father anyway but he's building something we don't quite know what at that point and he's on the cover of magazines as this great architect architect meanwhile in France Angelique is still hanging out with Scott still in France yeah. he got bored of it after 200 years but yeah also, in Paris was, now yeah well he's emo he's emo he Adam is Scott. amazing now yeah. <laughs> He's Literally. adopted the wet look. Yeah. Yeah. And just drunk. So she sees about uh, Le Marchand, about the new version of him out there creating this building. And she says, oh, we, should, we have she's to go to America. And he refuses her and says, no, we're not going to go to America. And then we just see her immediately go like, is that, well, is that your final decision? He says, yeah, you don't get to go to America. You stay here with me. So then she, in a very protracted long scene, kills him. Now, wh- again, this plays into our whole thing, really, of she decides she has to go to America because she sees, I guess, an opportunity for hell as hell's like missionary, I suppose, to yeah. open the doors to hell permanently with this bigger box, essentially. Right. Uh, which is kind of dumb. Like they had this whole time. They never thought of a, well, why not just make a bigger one? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> because if that seems to be what would make a bigger path, it's just a bigger box. Or to even know that the French woman or the French wife of the toy maker was, had a baby. Yeah. Like, they feel if they were rich people, like they could have t- kept tabs on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just know, the baby's yeah, to just make sure that like his lineage didn't. I thought this is the first time. I feel like they haven't even thought about it. She doesn't care about it. And then it's only when she sees, oh, one of his ancestors, it's still in the blood and he's created a bigger box. And mm. This could be useful to us. But again, it's just like, how did you not think of just, okay, if the bigger box, then that's going to do it. Yeah. Also, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, the whole boxing, I was just like, eh, all right. There's a lot of confusing motifs in yeah. this film. 
made a cool like dappled spinning. I have a dappled spinning light in this Jacques. What was it? Adam Scott. Like, yeah, because he's like this light is like flashing, but it's this dark blue black light. Hmm. It was cool. But during this next scene of her basically taking him out. I think I noticed oh. it. It does go way too long. Her taking yeah. Him. Oh, totally. Uh, and then she just goes demon fingers, which looks a bit goofy. Yeah. And cuts him up, bites his cheek off, sticks a finger in it. Yeah. Uh, she puts, fing- fingers like, his cheeks. Yeah. And then, but then she like bites him and then there's no blood on her mouth at all, which was a bit but weird. It got absorbed. Have you not seen the last one where the blood gets absorbed by him? Did he also, because like, uh, fair enough, like says he who summons the magic controls the magic, which again, he did not summon the magic. Delil did, so he shouldn't get to control it to begin with. But in nowhere in their incantations or explanations did they say, oh, by the way, you also get immortal life. Because he's now a Highlander, basically. I was, wondering, he's just that like, too. I was wondering, I was like, how did you become a Highlander? Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess as long as the demon, he probably gets his like, fountain of youth from the the demon. The yeah. Demon. To keep having sex with the demon, you stay young. That's what they yeah. say. More we don't make more, up the rules. More demon fun, the more you young, stay young you become. Um, become oh nice. Yeah. More demon fun, the more young you become. Yeah. That's a little rap That's song. a nice t shirt. More demon fun. <laughs> Not a complicated t shirt at all. Um Yeah, this is a bad scene for me. Like her kill with him is kinda of stupid. Mm-hmm. Then we have it's New York City and John Mershon is getting an award and he's standing in a building that we saw at the end of Hellraiser Three, sort of. Bit different, but definitely meant to be that building. Yeah. Bet you didn't think they were gonna tie that one in. <laughs> but they did it. Wait. Seems like a throwaway shot, a goofy shot at the end of three, and you yeah. gotta hand it to them. They're fucking up a lot constantly with the lore of this, but they're also they do work from film to film to film. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I was like, holy shit. Although there's nothing on the news at all about New York two years earlier or whatever. Well, three four years earlier blowing up with Cenobites killing everyone in a <laughs> Like everything that happened on Hell on Earth, no one's reported oh, any of that. Yeah. Right. I, I just kind of blacked it out. Hell on Earth. I don't remember what happened. I probably just assumed that the crazy punk kids, like, I don't know, took too much acid and killed, yeah. killed each other. Oh, yeah. But totally it was cars as you drive by, you see the Cenobites walking down a road. Anyway, yeah. Man. Just Whatever. blowing everything Let out. Let it go. And then Lamarchon, while he's giving his thank you speech for his award, he spots Angelique at the back of the room. Angelique. We have some real bad sound here. Well, like it keeps getting distorted and stuff. Yeah, I was like, no. Nah, well, he's been having dreams about her, too. Yeah. Well, she's just glowering at him mm-hmm. at the back of the room. It's just like, yeah. it doesn't seem like the best way to entrap him. Especially because she disappears and then she'll reappear in another part of the room. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll like lose track of her that she's in another part of the room. Yeah. Yep. So then, and I don't know how she gets this idea, but Angelique uh, obviously has a plan because she construes a way to trick a similar guy to the guys who Julia kept mm-hmm. getting in the first film. Yeah, bald guys. Uh, yeah, bald sort of tubby businessman sort of guy to go down to the basement of the building for some sexy time. She was also very rude to him. She went, oh, idiot. And she yeah. went, I need to make this up to you. I'm so sorry. And I was like... <laughs> Dude, she just called you an idiot. Just get out of there. I know. It's sad to portrayal that she was wearing a, a corset as a dress. <laughs> yeah, Give the man got. a break. Well, I would have just been like, well, I'm he's not like, this go. is my lucky day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's sad, dude. So they go down to the basement, not the maintenance level, just one above. And then she's feeling the structural pillars. Did you see this coming? And finds the one that the cement was used, that the box was thrown into at the end of Hell on Earth. However, as you just pointed out, Justin. Hollow pillar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah, she just reaches in and it's like someone's in there handing her the box. Yeah. And she reaches in there because yeah. it's like, where, how, where, how? Yeah. That's all I have to say. 
Yeah. It should be like pounding at the cement as it cracks away. Until you yeah. see like a dent and you see it buried in there and just like archaeologically Chisel dig it out. Chisel it out or something. And I can kind of buy it being in there maybe, but not the way she does it. Or yeah. like make the guy do it as like the sexy slave yeah. sort of idea. Pound your fist in until it's just yeah. bone. Yeah. That would have been cool. Just like mind control music. Uh, yeah. That would have been cool. Just so, like that. And then she gives him the box. And she then, makes him take his shirt off though. Yeah, she does. Because everyone that does it has to take their shirt off. Well, you got to get those chains in that latex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she says, I have such sights to show you. Well, she he was, was so disappointed when he opened his eyes again, though. I know. He was. Just he was. Like, oh. She's like, do you want to play another game? He's like, we haven't played one game yet. <laughs> You're not naked yet. This is yet, terrible. So. If I was him, I would just laugh and be like, mm, I'm okay. You have a box now. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> You're weirding me out. I would have left. Chains, uh, though, then grab him. A doorway opens and we see a hellhound who was asking for Pinhead to get a pet. I have Shadow Hell Armadillo. Because that's what that fucking looks like. I got Chomper Dog. You just see it in the background and it's just this like weird humped thing. Yeah. I was like, it, what? It. We, we said this, you and I were talking about Pinhead a little while ago. I don't ago. really consider these his pets. Oh, it's definitely his pet. It's nah. like sits next to him when he's sitting down with his bird in a bit. And then he feeds it a lot. And then she says like that uh, thing yeah. that's like by your side. Like, it's definitely his pet. It's an accessory. It's like a toy accessory. I don't know, because he's got multiples of them in the end. Does he? Yeah. There's like three at the very end really? on the spaceship. I thought it was still just one there. No, you can see a couple of them like in the back shadows. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. Well, still, you can have multiple pets. Dog lover. A chain then pulls the fat dude in and out steps. Da, 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 pinhead. Oh, yeah. Justin, Justin made that noise <laughs> watching the film. <laughs> Music in full swing now. We are back into the classic theme once Pinhead shows up, which I respect that they kind of hold off a little bit yeah. until he turns up. And then Angelique reveals herself to him and he seems to know her and calls her princess. Which yeah. really bothers me. I don't know why. I yeah. just hate when men call women princess. No, but I think he's being very literal. Yeah, I, I, I think know. Like this yeah. Because I see it as a form of respect. But he's he kind of showing you are, like, listen, princess, things have changed. And then, but yeah, but then as it progresses, you're like, oh, he actually means like deity definitely. princess. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. immediately got that from him. I like this thing of, oh, she's older. She's more respected in hell. She's been on Earth for 200 years, but she could have been in hell for thousands of mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Also, uh, again, she's like filling out a form, you know, so it's kind of like, well, that's not her real form at all, which he gets, you know, goes on about quite a lot. This, it's like halfway through the movie now, then this is the first time he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It took a while. Yeah. Particularly a few years. Well, compared to the first two, he's in this one a lot, but compared yeah. to Hell on Earth, not in this one as much at all. And I've spoilers, we have seen like Hell on Earth is the most that you're going to see of Pinhead for sure. Wow. He will never be in another film. Sounds good. <laughs> so she shows Pinhead how the building is a huge box, and he's given like he's given lots of one-liners again. I don't think they're written as well as Helena. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's a couple of good ones, but a lot of the time it's just kind of like, all right, now you're just chatty. Yeah, <laughs> you just go off on little rants, and there's some that it almost looks like the other characters like, <gasps> and he just, oh, you're still going, okay, yeah. yeah. This is the day. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then later on, there's, oh, one, blah, blah. there's one lady who turns around and no one's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I was doing one Maybe of my Maybe that's why he had to get a pet. Yeah. You know no how you have to listens. like talk to your animals all the time? He's like, my dog listens to me. <laughs> but this one's kind of all right. He does it. This is not a room. This is a holocaust waiting to wake itself, which is great. But he also just turned up. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
yeah, that's why she brought you. She knows. And he's kind of preaching it like, I know what's happening. It's like, yeah, we know, Pinhead. She literally got you here for this. He's like the Christopher Columbus of the situation. Yeah. He's like, this is this place. Yeah, fucker. We've been here a while. Yeah, Yeah, you just got, oh, gosh. This is why I'm the princess. (laughs) I'm the genius here. I have a poochie. (laughs) (laughs) So Angelique comes to visit uh, the merchant at his work and tells him that they've met before. She wants to be his friend and his client. She sees that there's the old design on the wall uh, for the light uh, that was uh, the design that his ancestor made in order to kill the demons. And he seems keen to tell her everything. Very keen to tell her everything. I have written down, no one's seen it yet, but let me show it to you, strange yeah. lady from yeah. my dreams. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, see. it's like, no one's seen it. It's like, well, I'll be the first. All right. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. Stupid. Uh, so he shows this, yeah, always hard to show this stuff later on in time, but it's very antiquated computer program. Showing uh, mirrors and lasers to create a perpetual light, uh, but he hasn't quite found a way for it to last more than a few seconds. Uh, she looks scared a bit and says, sometimes a few seconds is more than enough, Toymaker. And then uh, he, he doesn't seem to remember anything, so she touches him. We don't get flashbacks. We don't get a little edit of like all the memories going into him from her touching him. We just get a white flash and then he's just immediately knows everything about her. Yeah. Yeah. I have a big problem with all of this in terms of. She's getting pinhead. She wants to create a big entry, a gateway to hell back and forth. Mm-hmm. She gets pinhead in because she thinks she needs some backup, I guess. Or she knows the film's not going to sell on her, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they get the toy maker involved because they think he's the one who's going to help them complete it. However, the first thing she sees is this light show that's going to be able to kill them. And then this computer program. I feel the first thing she would do is burn the original parchment and break mm-hmm. the computer program <laughs> like, yeah, but, i don't think she would risk see, that's the him thing ever doing i think that it wasn't just like a light thing it could have been used to be a huge gateway is what i thought it was no but the whole point is they want to use that so they want to use the box as a bigger version of what it already does and not to be a which light is show. Create a huge gateway to hell that stays that allows, open stays open um, and especially is big enough to let lots of things through He's coming, well, he's also trying to come up with the thing from, he, I don't think he understands it completely, but what his ancestor created to kill them, which is to do with the perpetual light. Yeah. So she doesn't want him to create a perpetual light, but she wants him to create, to finish what the building is, basically, which is a half-finished kind of big box. Yeah. I just don't understand, like, she, she literally, all that happens in the scene is she sees, oh, you have the ability to kill us. He says, oh, I don't think it will last. And she says, well, basically says, yeah, but that's long enough to kill us. I was very confused by the way that she yeah. said sometimes a few seconds is enough. Yeah. Because to me, I was also, I was still holding on to this seeming attraction that she seemed to have for the toy maker at the very, in French times. Yeah. So to me, it was almost like she had an ulterior plan and so at this point i was like oh maybe she's somehow like tired of being here on earth so she wants to be sent back so in my head she was like angling for him to figure out the light thing and so her saying sometimes a few seconds is enough was her being like this could still work for you even though you can't get it to sustain i don't think you're here but i think it later on i think it later on and it gets even more confusing i think later on uh, but I definitely don't think it here because she just opened the doorway. If she wants to go back, then she just went through that doorway that Pinhead came through. But the, the light is to kill them. Like, the light is to kill them forever and ever and ever, not to send them back. There's already a way to send them back. Oh, really? I don't know. It just seemed... I, did, her, I, didn't, I didn't understand it her angle. Me, I think. 
And that's the whole point. That's what I'm saying is the entire premise of him creating the opposite of the box just doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Because the box is a pathway with an entry and an exit. To okay. kill them would mean he had created the power to create them. And he never created right. any of it. So to kill them is a completely different thing. Yeah. Right. But that's what you're dealing with. It's essentially yeah, a pathway back and forth, which already exists, and they just want a bigger version. And then the way to kill them with the light. Yeah. Um, forever and ever and ever. Killing the light. Everybody let the... <laughs> he's dreaming of having sexy time with Angelique is this where we got our first boob shot proper uh-huh. boob shot first proper boob shot in the whole series I have written down here this actress does not care about being topless <laughs> like no. the last one no you're wrong when she's like making yeah. out with Adam Scott you get like side, side of groin as well yeah. like you get some pubes and- there was obvious like sheet between them though right you could see it right, right, right. well it's Adam, Adam Scott Adam Scott did not get lucky in this <laughs> film <laughs> Now we know why he was so eager to be in the sequel. Um, He's like, bring Angelique back and I'll be in it for free. Yeah. The phone wakes him up and Meryl Streep uh, wakes up as well. And Angelique is ringing him saying, I must see you again. And Meryl looks all suspicious, as she should. Yeah. yeah. Because like, he's just so bad with it He's as like, well. oh, Japanese. No <laughs> sense of time. It was Tanro. He was ringing me. Come on, oh, Tanro. Meanwhile, Pinhead has a new pet, a dove. <laughs> But she's stroking as he talks. With his cool glove. I love this glove. Does have a cool glove. Only it has the fingers on the thumb and the yeah. pinky. It's his bowling glove. Yeah. He seems to already be bored of the princess's games. He doesn't ap- appreciate that she is going after getting Toymaker to do what she wants him to do by seducing him, essentially, where he feels that terror is the way that you can get people to do what you want them to do. Yeah, because he's not good at seducing. That's no, pretty much the truth. He was like, I'm really charismatic, but not anymore. I'm no. not, my game has been shot. Back in the Spency Boy days. A handsome, handsome yeah. man, but mm-hmm. now he's, you know. Plus, let's be honest, Doug Bradley, I don't know if you guys are thinking it yet, getting a little bit paunchy from the profiles. <gasps> getting a little bit under the chin, a little bit of a... How dare you? How dare you? A little you. bit of a wobble. No? How dare you? No way. No way, man. Um, it's starting, and it will continue for the next few Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Just don't shoot him from the side. <laughs> They kept doing up nose shots oh, on this they? one, and you could see like the, the plaster latex, around yeah. his nostrils. Yeah, I was like, "Come on, you guys, if we're gonna do this. Like, clean it up." Now, some they did good, but they went thinner with the lines on his face, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, and you could see like the red markings of the lines. Yeah, that was it cool. was really cool. So then he feeds his hellhound the dove, and then asks him if he's if it's hungry for uh, bigger meat, basically something get- that can scream. Identical twin security cards. I love these. Guys. They're investigating uh well they're the walking Bradleys. around just checking out the Bradley and Bradley genius security guard twins. I like yeah. to think that they're Brad Bradley and Brad Bradley. Oh yeah. <laughs> they find a door that's not on their chart. They have to oh, tick the little I love it they're ticking it all off. Yep. The little sections. That. Yeah. That. And their conversations. So yeah, I was talking to a friend who said, Hey, if a girl used to be a guy, like, would you be okay with that? And I was like, yeah, you know, all the junk's gone, right? Yeah, as long as it's, it's cut. cut. As long as it's cut, you know, it's good. Oh, cool. Hey, what's that door? <laughs> Let's look I just this. love how these guys, like, dumb and dumber here. Like, they're both good looking. They're identical twins. They have, like, good hair. And they're the best that they can do in life is that they're, like, security guards they're dumb together. Shit, like, so they stupid. have the, they, they could go be male models, models together. Yeah. Yeah. They could they be, be working high paying jobs. There's no instead, reason. They both get concerned. the same job they just at want the to same work place together. They just want about to hang their vocation. out. They want to protect the buildings, all right? Poor buildings under attack. When no one's there, that's when they're protecting it. Yeah. They want to make sure it's fine. 
Uh, meanwhile, Pinhead and Angelique having a bit of a conversation was showing that he's like, he's starting to get a bit subsordient with her and he's a bit pissed off. And then he uses one of his, yeah, new hit hook finger glove things to tear yeah. her flesh and she definitely getting off on it. Yeah. Then the lights go out for Brad and Brad <laughs> and they hear the hellhound or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they're trapped in this weird sort of triangle room that they decide to head into together and find a trail of blood. And then they do this line because they split up for a tiny second, I think. They act like they've been apart for ages. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, from now on, we stick together, always together. Which, of course, is leading into what's about to happen. And then they go to leave, but they're caught in this weird loop and they can't get out of it. And then they come across Pinhead and Angelique as if they're just, like, walked into a meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, our secret love affair. They're like, oh, duh. Yep. And Pinhead again, it's just kind of like, all right, I like, I love Pinhead so much. I love his lines, but I'm just like getting a bit that he turns and just wants to go off on like long diatribes to them again. Yeah. Like, Come on, dude. You just talk wrap too much. Wrap it up. Just wrap it up, man. We got it. You're going to kill them. So let's just, let's just go. You just have these tiny lines. It's like, that's all you need. There is tiny little good lines where he has the, what you think of as pain is just a shadow. Pain has a face. Like there's little things like that. He's fine. got smoke coming out of his mouth on yeah. this one. Yeah. I'm like, cold? is that room cold? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just, just put him in a fridge. Yeah. Doug is getting... Uh, oh, no. I said already. We're fine. Stupid mechanics again here. So we get like... Uh, we go back to Hellraiser 2 style again, mm-hmm. which was a little bit in 3, where we get these sort of skull half masks. I liked this. I just didn't want it to be it. as elongated as it was. It was just... It took such a long time yeah. to get from here to there. Like, it could have been, you know, two seconds, and you would have had the same effect. Yeah, yeah, you get a skull mask, they're pushing their faces together with these two twins, we get zoom shots into the eyes, which I hate, and then they basically put, like, this part of sphere in the middle, which has, like, a screwdriver, it's all just very, just tacky props again, though, it's all just very, like, yeah, rattly stuff of what do we have lying around, more tubes to go into them as well, which seems yeah, to now be a part the of the Cenobites. Yeah, we got back, yeah. which we didn't have until, not- except for Chenard. We had it, yeah, number two, that's a proper Cenobite. So this yeah. feels like they're making a proper Cenobite here, mm-hmm. which great. means the Leviathan's doing it. They're, yeah. they're water cooling them. Projection <laughs> is water cooling. I just don't, I don't under, yeah, I don't really know the rules of this stuff. I don't really know what the blue tubes are. I don't like them. Yeah, personally. I don't either. I would rather they just sort of disappeared and there's some more organic way to do this or mm-hmm. I don't know. Or we don't even really see it. We just see like the, the two face masks. And then it would be a black silhouette of them, like behind them, looking at what's his name. It's just like squirming. Going, yeah. And you just cut away. Yeah. Whatever. It would have like, been oh, cool what? if they would have like smushed their faces together to where it looked like they were one, one person, yeah. but their faces were like independent oh, of each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they were, were still, like, so like, smashed. They were like trying to look at a different direction. Yeah. I stuff. mean, I think all these prosthetics still look pretty cool when they are warped together. Like yeah. it's kind of interesting and creepy. Walk this way. It just feels a little like. I don't know. Just too much. Like somebody had this idea and then it just wasn't as cool. Didn't not, come out it was as cool. cool. On paper, I prefer the cool, end design though, sure. to anything in Hellraiser 3. Like then to the drill head, yeah. then to the, oh, like, yeah. all of that Those stuff. Those were terrible the Cenobites camera in 3. Eye. This looks like a Cenobite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was cool. And then we do have another cool line for Pinhead where he says about Lamarchand, I will buy his secret with a bounty of pain. But we're on like a we're on a terrible fisheye lens on Pinhead's face, like right up his nose, and you get the shadow yeah. of the yeah. camera on it, and he's looking into camera as he says, "I've heard the greatest suffering a parent can know is the loss of a child." Wonder what's gonna like, happen. Are you talking to us? <laughs> like yeah. it's so like expositional <laughs> to the audience. Thanks for the advice. Very weird. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, Angelique really does seem to have genuine affection for, for Le Marchand, but I don't know why. She says they were good together and will be again. But they weren't, were they? When? Never. Never. So what's they really that one met about? one time. Yeah, I don't know. That's why it's so weird. I'm like, did they cut something out and we just never learned about it? Like- there another, it feels like there was another part of time between mm-hmm. the French bit and this bit. That's what it feels like. But she doesn't act like that when she sees him on the pa- in the magazine. She doesn't act like she's seen him because she's still calling him the toy maker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it doesn't quite make sense. I don't understand this. Maybe they had something else. Maybe she came up to him first and they had a moment in the room and then Adam Scott came and knocked, knocked him out. She was like, oh. Maybe he didn't die that night and maybe they kept him like for years. Party. Yeah, maybe they just like, party. maybe they had like sexy time when he was stabbed. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Because he was like all sweaty and he was like, Ooh, um... I messed up. You should leave. Because it's actually pretty awesome. Do we meant to think on this scene that this guy goes off to have sex with Angelique? He goes off to meet her. I don't think he's definitely going to be Because he looks super guilty later on. Yeah, he's like sweating. Well, he's definitely... When he... It's almost he has, like... Or he's thinking about it. But yeah. And they got really close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they were. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Meryl Streep is doing her laundry. In the most haunted basement building ever. Yeah. yeah. Which has the most beautiful outside. Yeah. It's, nice like, oh, it's really sunny out there. What the heck? And then she hears that kid who have kind of forgotten existed, to be honest, because yeah. like one shot beforehand. I can't remember what other film this kid was in. He's Just go now. Hellraiser Bloodline, IMDb, Jack. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, he's crying, and so she goes running for him, and he's gone, and his sculpture, he's going to be a little architect too, but it's all been yeah. broken in disarray. And then she sees him and Pinhead's holding him and he looks sweaty as hell, Pinhead. I don't know what lights they got on him, but he is <laughs> He's fucking. Cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, that, that light is just next to you for sure. Which is weird because it's coming over his makeup, but it's fucking like it's pouring down. Yeah. I'm into the shot. I'm dying. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, really? This is what Pinhead has come to now? He kidnaps children? Innocent children, yeah. It's like, it's just Cause, so... Because his rule was no innocent I don't, feel desire. He, I don't feel he plans stuff. You know, I don't think he needs to. I don't think he has like, oh, I know, I'll take someone for ransom. Like, I don't yeah. think that's really how he works. He just kind of does what he's doing. He's like, I saw this on the television. Ransoms work best in the 90s. <laughs> John comes back and finds Jack and his wife gone. Pinhead left a bleeding knife in the magazine of his face. Again, it's like, is Pinhead like getting a knife and putting some blood in it and stabbing it? And it's just like... This is henchman stuff. This isn't the stuff you do when you're, you know, a lord, yeah. which I feel he is. Yeah. He's been a, he's, again, he's not, uh, employ- he's not supervisor, he's employee of the month. Yeah, he's been downgraded again, hasn't he? Yeah. It's number two. It's every other film. Mm. One and three, I felt like, yeah, he's on top. Uh, Merchant gets to his building. The lift is stuck on seven? Haven't they been in the basement the whole time? Yeah, that's the, to the, that's the office building. Yeah. The elevator. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it's on seven. But then it goes there, I think, and then the corridors have chains and pins and flesh and bones in them. Yeah. I'm a bit confused. And then, yeah, the chatterer, as you said, seems to have become the hellhound. That seems to be... Yeah. yeah. Suddenly see the dog is going like... So the script describes the chatterer as being pieced together from the remains of a dog and a man after a car accident. Oh, that is not what you get. Yeah. Not you get, but that's why it's meant to be like that. It's, it's meant to be this combination of, of things. So wait, a man who got in a car accident and just a random dog, or like, 
they were both in a car accident, or the car accident was because of I'm confused. I don't know. I think they're both in the car and then they got in an accident, and or were they just walking? Then a car came and like hit both of them. Good point. Like he was walking his dog, or was it like the dog was driving the car and he's just like what the, <laughs> the dog driving the car? <laughs> That's the one. And because like the dog went out of just creamed right into him, and then the airbag killed the dog, and someone yep. was like, well. I don't, know why end up, I don't know why they ended up in Pinhead Leviathan domain, but <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. Uh, dog, you're one bad doggy. <laughs> I guess it's worse than you know, the bad dogs go. Bad dog. Anyway, the, the Lamarchand finds his wife and his son in the room with Pinhead, and they have a little bit of a chat, because that seems to be what happens nowadays with Pinhead. And Pinhead tells him the box is a pathway to hell, and the room downstairs is potentially a bigger pathway, and he wants him to fulfill its promise. Pinhead is slowly shepherding down this fucking corridor, which is really just seems dumb. And then the merchant sees a door and they just make a run for it. I don't really understand a lot of the intentions here. It's Pinhead and the girl, they're both like just basically trying to tell the merchant, get on your computer and sort out this building. Because he can't move the building like it's right. built. So yeah. I don't know what they're expecting for him to do. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what the heck was going on. This where I was like, what do you guys what do you want from him? Yeah. You want his child? You want him to give you a laser light show? You want his D? Make some choices. There's a lot of things happening that don't seem to mean anything. I don't know what the yeah, end goal is for these characters. Yeah, I didn't get it. I don't know what the end game was for them. What's up? Well, you he, found who Jack is? Well, he's in the little rascals. Uh, I think that's uh, where I might know him from. So they make a run for it. Uh, Le Marchand puts Jack in the lift. He puts his wife in the stairs. And then he comes back for Pinhead to have another chat. And Pinhead's just waiting because he's ready to chat with him. He loves a gab. He has a good chat. He just really enjoys a good sitting out. Never drinks, so worried about him. He'll be dehydrating. And then Pin- Pinhead lets the kid speak through him, I guess. He's like, start shouting like, daddy, daddy. Oh, Which right. Because he he's like, this is my first trick or whatever. Yeah, he hasn't done that before. Um, and then he tells the toy maker to run as it's time to open the pathway forever. Is his line. And I wrote down, how? Yeah. <laughs> With what? What has changed? It's not the Marchand's just intention to be like, oh yeah, okay, now I can open it. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, none of it was making Is sense. Is it that it's in the right order already, but they need to like open it like you would the little box? That the, I think it's maybe because the box is there now. Is Pinhead, like, is Pinhead just run around on the walls, just rubbing them in that circular reaction in case it opens <laughs> the whole thing. I don't even know. I have no idea. None of it's making sense. I don't get it. Don't didn't understand. Make, didn't make any sense to me. Meanwhile, Meryl Streep is running from the stupid dog or armadillo thing and gets the box and then sends the dog back immediately. Yeah. Seems to know what's going to go on. Angelique turns up holding Jack and she tells him to get on the computer as he has work to do. <laughs> and I'm hoping and the rest of the film is just going to be him <laughs> writing code. <laughs> For next, yeah. But then doesn't for a split second think, oh, maybe he's going to do the light show that will kill us. Pinhead then appears. Angelique tells him to use the toy maker's design. He does it, and the light starts like shining all around them. So Pinhead kills him quickly. Uh, oh, maybe she bad. just wanted him to kill. What's his name with the light we, show? Yeah, so this is the thing. We get to this point, and I'm with you, Katie. With a yeah. second, I'm like, oh, did she want the light show? Because she doesn't seem to be she doesn't smart seem about super it. happy with Pinhead. No. Like, she doesn't seem to want to, to hang out with him. Yeah. But then, and of like, course, she's going to get her as well. And, yeah. and I'm like, why don't you just send him back with the box that you summoned him with? Yep. Well, I think she was, like, on a mission. Like, she was being 
told or had she knew that she had to do this thing like she's being told from hell that she has to do this thing like it's her job or her oh, duty yeah. but she's like conflicted because she well, wants not I getting she, that i think she wanted to kill pinhead so that she can do whatever she wants not for hell but for herself because mm. she's been away for 200 years and hasn't really done any missions so for, she's hoping to just like avoid the repercussions of yeah what will kill pinhead but the thing is, yeah, but then she's in the thing. She knows the light's going to kill her as well. Yeah. And then here's the thing. The light seems to work. They both disappear, but they're not dead because they're back in the next, in the future again. Yeah, they're just sucked back in. They're not yeah, actually dead. the light didn't dead. work. Remember? It's only like, for a couple seconds. Yeah. Right, it touches his face and he was like, that's it. And then he kills him. Yeah, but she said only a few seconds might be enough. Yeah, might be enough. Keyword might. So are we meant to go... Okay, well, let's get to it now in the future because oh. then we cut to the future. Oh, wait, wait, no. We didn't even get to the future. Um... So then his light show fails and he graphically shoots a harpoon arrow thing yep. through his throat and it just decapitates him in front of his child. Yep. Box drops. That's pretty cool. And then he destroys whatever. We don't know what happens to her. He just like lays we don't really her. Know what happens to yeah, he takes a box and basically chains uh, Angelique up or whatever and then Oh, Meryl. Yeah. It's confusing there. He, he does it to her, and then, like, we don't know what the hell happens in that situation. We're like, well, that's a weird standoff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but then he goes, and both Pinhead and Angelique go after killing him. Like, they disappear into the light. I thought he chained her up, or he's boxing. She's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. The top, what? Yeah. The top blows off the top of the box, yeah, and it, and it takes, sucks them both in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they both yeah. go. Oh, yeah. 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 And they're back in the box. Yeah. Yeah. And then Meryl, technically Meryl and Jack are still alive. Right. Which Jack with, is the with legacy. The box. Right. But it's all very just like. Well, because we've already seen that Jack has like architectural skills because yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. you know, doing connecting things or whatever. So okay. you just assume that it carries on. Uh, confusing. Yeah, it's like the light going on and the box going on. And I think they try and get away with, oh, we don't know what really, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was really. The light muddled. didn't get them this time. They just went back in the box kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't, like, long enough to sustain destroying them. Right. So then we come back to the future, and we're going back to where we were. He's finishing off his story. He tells her that his blood was speaking to him through, through his ancestors and giving him dreams of how to make good on the damage that his bloodline had caused before him. Uh, so he tells her that he summoned the demons just before they arrived, and we come back to the beginning of the film to see what was going on when he was talking to them. And Angelique is now there as a subject of Pinhead. No longer a princess. Yeah, no, she's just a Cenobite now. Is this meant to be her original form? Uh-huh. Is this yeah. how she's meant to be? Yeah. Interesting. Because uh, they she, play with that later. But why is she now a subject of Pinhead? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. She definitely doesn't have opinions. She doesn't talk anymore. No. That's it, isn't it? No. Yeah, apparently, Angelica's appearance here was inspired by Morticia Adams and Sister Act. I got that a um, little bit. The Morticia Adams thing I got. They wanted to convert the imagery of a nun's habit to flayed skin, essentially. Um, which is how she's Interesting. meant to be looking here. Nice. But yeah, definitely a step down for her. But the yeah. twins are there too, and you're saying multiple hellhounds. I think I only know one, but it's uh, I thought I saw some in the shadows. Oh, I saw one. Yeah, no, it could be. Who knows? I don't think they could afford more they than could one. Be shadow. <laughs> well, they could have like just been shadowy things, but they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow know. chompers. Uh, Rimmer, however, is unconvinced that any of it's happening. What do we think of this last name, by the way? It's such a weird Rimmer. Rimmer is a nod to uh, the UK TV show called Red Dwarf. Oh. Um, and it's the hologram in that who's called Rimmer. Oh. Um, and it's a big deal in the UK. Which gotcha. Peter Atkins is UK. So. Uh, but yes, it's a weird name. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Hey, particularly rimmer. when given to a girl, it's called Rimmer. Yeah, that's why I was like, what is that name? Yeah. Looks like it's another rim job for... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Slam dunk for Rimmer. <laughs> so now, in the background, the timer begins to count down suddenly from 22 and a half minutes. <laughs> You're like, what? So he left it long enough to start after his story. Mm-hmm. And it would start immediately when his story ended. Mm-hmm. I think it's controlled by his mind. Like when he looks at it, it starts <laughs> counting. So they're informed that the troops are checking the merchant's cabin. He's like, no, not in there. Once again, these troops are investigating things at the speed that cops always do in these movies. This whole time that he's been telling the story, they have gotten nowhere. Yep. It's amazing. It's literally like a repeat of Hellraiser 2 and 3. Uh, and then we get the sound of crying children coming from the blast door. So one of the, one of the cops decides to blow it open and get in there. Of course, Pinhead's in there with everyone, and they skin him and First kill him. First black kill. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Hellraiser. Well, there's probably some in the club, but yeah, first featured. Yeah. Well, yeah, the first that's not- noted. Yep. Yep. So then we get a whole bunch of time with space marines walking around dark. Not even space marines. They're just cops, man. Cops. <laughs> space some, cops. Some are just with torches walking around dark plastic sets. Yeah. Just no weapon, really. Nothing mm-hmm. really happening. They find Parker Carducci. dead. We're 12 minutes Carducci, left on the clock. Carducci, Carducci, yeah. Carducci. Uh, the Cenobites are looking at Merchant's plans and like the old like things to do with the light show. And somehow mm-hmm. they're still not working anything out, even though they spent ages looking at it and shown looking at it. Angelique then tricks one of the SWAT team by being trapped in a mirror. And well, he- this no. is like her playing with her beauty versus what her real... Right, what her real self like is. what her real self is. Okay. I um, thought it was a cool kill. Yeah. It's like very different than anything they've done thus far. Yeah, she looks as she used to. He goes over to the mirror. He leans in or she like drags him in through it. On the other side of the mirror is like the Cenobite world, essentially, mm-hmm. where she looks as she really looks. And then the mirror kind of cuts off his head. Yeah, because she solidifies it. So it cuts yeah. the portal. Doesn't cut off his arms or anything. I mean, his arms are dragged oh, through as well. But. Cuts the head and the arm. The hand or whatever. Very weird. Because it kind of plays with what they did in the last one where she has to like go through the mirror into the, what's his name? The uh, pinhead as the soldier. Right. Into his world. She has to like kind of go through the window. Yeah. Spence. Elliot Spencer. (laughs) Yeah. I am Elliot Spencer. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Pinhead then confronts Chamberlain, who runs and hides, and Pinhead's walking around after him in, like, the worst hide-and-seek tension yeah. match ever. <laughs> to which he, like, waits. Pinhead walks by just calmly. Yeah. He doesn't really seem to give a shit for anything. Well, he does the, like, what your parent does when yeah. you're, like, with your kid, and he, like, walks by, but you can kind of see his eyes, like, going to the he side, looking at him, <laughs> where he's just like, this is ridiculous. I don't know if purpose or not. If I don't Doug know. Bradley's thinking this is stupid. <laughs> And then as soon as he's walked by the split second, Chamberlain then turns on his torch and shines it around. <sighs> Safe. And then the hellhound kills him. Ridiculous. And then Rumor's hearing everyone's dying over her radio, so she sets Merchant free to try to finish what he started. And they show the spaceship outside one too many times, apparently, because this is the moment where I hear you exclaiming, oh. Yeah. Did you notice box. when she frees him that he, so he's in this like force field yeah. room? And all she does is she's like, if I release, or she's like, I'll release you and you can finish this. And he's like, okay. And she just touches the button and then he just like walks out of where he was supposedly imprisoned. And I was like, this is so just, I don't know. It's just sad. Like you guys couldn't even come up with like 
you have all these lightning effects that you keep insisting on using and you don't even use anything here yes it's yeah. like your kids putting on a play oh yeah no, force field down this is definitely not where any of the money before. went yeah. <laughs> Uh, the command, it's never where it goes in space. That's why space is such a bad idea. There's money. Yeah. I mean, Jason X had money good. in it. We had some cool, some of the coolest kills ever were in Jason X. It's because you were what? on the spaceship the whole time. That's true. Like your money didn't go anywhere else. Yeah, you're you're having sick. to go like across three centuries. It is ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> the commander grabs the box but comes across Angelique and the twins and she lets him try to solve the box but he can't do it. He's like, it's just a box. <laughs> It told just, me what to do, but it doesn't work. I do feel they set him up to die. They say, go to the box. <laughs> You'd be the dude to do that. So then she takes the box from him, which is not allowed according to Hellraiser law. You have no. to be given the box. But she's a princess. Well, not anymore. She doesn't seem to be. She seems to be. Always a princess. All right. Always <laughs> a princess. And then the twins separate and they walk over to him. He doesn't move or run or fight them. <laughs> he, he just, just goes, lets them what surround him. Oh, we're all gonna hug. He has one of the best lines though. He's like, What the fuck planet are you from? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. And then they just squish him, basically. They yeah. just like get him in between them and they squish him. You never him see him. that what like the product of that is. No, either. you don't see if they became a trio or no. if they just like yeah. whatever. Just I think they just dissolve him essentially. The mush. Mm. Five minutes left, so the background tells me. Uh Merchant then sees Pinhead. He distracts him with an uh image of Earth. And off goes Pinhead on another diatribe. He's like, oh, I know what. Just, just get him talking about something. Yeah. Show him an image of anything. Like, wow, he's, he's, he really went with that picture. He's like, ooh, yes. Earth, like, I haven't oh, seen him. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> he is, yeah. Like, it's is quite lovely, isn't it? <laughs> he goes off on a little rant, and by the time he turns around, the toolmaker's fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even listen to the story. He was like, oh, I wouldn't Where hear. is my dog? <laughs> And he tries to take it in his stride. He's just like, there's nowhere to run anymore, toy maker. Nowhere to hide. You'll have to listen to me for eternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Merchant meets Rimmer and tells her to go. So she runs off, but quickly runs into the hellhound. I've got written down. None of this is thrilling. <laughs> like this is, yeah. It feels like they're treading water as mm-hmm. long as they can to make this a feature film. To make the five minutes work out. <laughs> this is, I think this is the shortest Hellraiser film. Definitely up to today. It's like 98 minutes. Yeah. Um, or less than that, isn't it? Whatever. I don't remember. No, I think it's shorter. And hang on one second. Let me just check. It's the most ambitious, though, for being yeah. one of the shortest. They get so much done, which is impressive. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot going on. Uh, no, it's one out of 25. So it's 85 minutes. Wow. And they are struggling to string it out that long, which, considering how much they're trying to deal with, is shocking. Yeah, that you are, so, and that's how this last section feels to me. It's like you are just eking out what you can to be a feature film, because this could have been an hour, ten minutes, hour, fifteen minutes, uh-huh. easy. Yeah, she traps the dog and then hits a huge, massive red button that actually moves while she's hitting it because yep. it's just a prop. Yeah, um, and then repressurizes the room or whatever's going on in there to make the dog blow up. I have no like, idea. Dead. Yep. <laughs> but you can do it to the dog. Do it to all the Cenobites. Yeah. yeah. Lure them in one by one into the pressurized room. Yeah. <laughs> That. Well, they wouldn't be dead forever. And then we cut to the, the merchant just hanging out in a room with Pinhead in a room full of chains. Just yeah, listening to him talk again. Yep. I know. I was like, why did he go back to that room? I'm very confused. I don't know. We do have one of my favorite Pinhead lines ever, though, where he says, like, like uh, I, yeah, I have nothing. I am so exquisitely empty. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a cool, cool line. Yeah. yeah. But then there's a shuttle launch near him and Pinhead's like, huh. 
looks at it for a second, doesn't Who did? And then continues with his diatribe and says, I am forever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe pay attention to your peripherals. Cannot <laughs> die. I am forever. Yep. And then realizes, oh, he can die. Then the merchant disappears. He was using holograms, lights, and mirrors to trick Pinhead. Apparently, he's in the launch with Rimmer, heading off. We saw the private conversation. None of this was discussed, but apparently that's where he is. Uh, and he triggers the transformation, and we see suddenly the space station, which begins to bounce light and then folds into a huge version of the box. It's basically been a Nintendo Labo the entire time. Yeah. And that'd be great. They need to do a Nintendo Labo puzzle box. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can control, like... The demons in, in you. You could have those power gloves and you're just like doing oh, the limit configuration. Oh, nice. That would be great. Yeah. And Pinhead's all sad like he's at the end of every film. He's I like, saw no. that as he's dying. He's like, I am forever. And you're like, yeah. nah, dude. We see his fin- And this is a real proper death here. We see his eyes turn white. Panels mm-hmm. of his face fall off, which I think is pretty. Yeah. That and was he cool. has like a black netted eye. Yeah, it's something. weird. I was like, what's happening? I don't know if it's meant to be a hollow eye and it's just the effects, like how they did the mask or if it's like meant to be netted. I don't know. I don't even know yeah. And then, yeah, his very last words are amen. Which I thought it was- says, welcome to oblivion. Well, that's what, yeah, Lamarchon says, welcome to oblivion. And then <laughs> he says, Pinhead amen. Seems to not be able to give, he's like, I gotta get the last word. <laughs> yeah. Amen. amen. And it all explodes. The entire space station explodes. I guess this time the light lasted long enough to kill them properly. Well, because yeah. they do a strong enough one because he's in the spaceship and then shoots it. Yeah. In. Okay. And it's yeah, very big. Yeah, there's time. like a lot of stuff. And it's space time now, so they have holograms and yeah. lights. And-, and there's no space debris, which is really good because that would just suck for everyone, everywhere. That is. Yeah. <laughs> that was a massive station. Gotta that be nice spaceship. to the universe. No other space. No, also, because no, also, then we see the Toymaker and Rimmer getting away in their escape shuttle heading back towards Earth. Credits just poof. Yeah, yes. someone's like, that's it. That was it. Don't see any other space stations out there. Oh, just nothing. There that was another planet off behind no, Earth to the right. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's the moon. It's weird. No space stations anywhere. He had the only space station in space was this one. Huh? Movie. That's like a government conspiracy. Movie ended. And I'll give you a little spoiler here. We're going to watch, what was it, seven more films? Oh, yeah. No, six more films. Six. Six more films. Like seven. Oh, yeah. None of them are going to go further forward in time than 2127. So, this is the end of Pinhead. We have now seen the death. Absolute Spoilers. end. Spoilers. Wow. What a spoil the rest of the series. Well, I mean, you're not going to get more know. in the future. Have you, oh, because you've seen the new one. I have seen the new one. I mean, hopefully at some point, like Doug Bradley's constantly saying he will come back if they get to do Scarlet Gospels, which is like Clive Barker wanted to kill Pinhead. But, um, mm-hmm. But this is how he dies in this. So, people, what else uh, do I have to say very quickly? Yeah, the slight change here is in the shooting script, Pinhead had a violently antagonistic relationship with Angelique, uh, which was softened a lot in the editing. Mm. And then they did a few pickups were added to create a sexual attraction between the two of them. Uh, But originally it was a real power kind of battle between them. And you can definitely feel that. I think I would have preferred that. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of this like wishy-washy weird middle ground. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Wishy-washy. The original script also included a descendant of Kirsty Cotton, who was going to serve as Paul's love interest. No. Written out. Oh my gosh. And here's the official thing from the director. So David Yaga, Yaga, I don't know how you pronounce it, disowned the film due to cuts being made behind his back that conflicted with his artistic ideas, and one of them was this rejumbling of things. 
Uh, his version contained much more graphic imagery, plot, and explained everything. The producers disagreed and wanted Pinhead to appear much sooner than he was appearing. So they actually, I mean, we thought he appeared pretty late, but he was originally going to appear much later. Yaga ended up walking without even having finished filming some of the scenes. So they brought in Joe Chappell, who had just directed Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, and Phantoms later on, uh, to finish the film, who shot some new scenes from rewrites, uh, including the narrative framing device, which is the thing that mm. pissed you off so much, Katie. So all that was like added it. by the producers later. It was not the director's intention. And they've, this film's never been big enough to be able to give it a director's cut, which I think this is one where it'd be interesting because there's a very different way to edit this film. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see, okay, what was it originally like with different scenes and different bits? But if you didn't end up finishing shooting all of it, then. Yeah, that's true. Not possible. Yep. There you go. Now let's have a four. Woo! Let's start with Katie Watson. Hello. You've been on a sort of weird, bumpy ride. Yeah. Last time you enjoyed three more than me and Justin. Yeah, I don't how do you feel about Bloodline? Like I said, the first five minutes, I was really, really nervous about this film because it just it looked really tacky and the acting was pretty deplorable. So when it shifted gears to another century, it made me really happy. I thought Adam Scott was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could see was him in like Parks and Rec and things and... It was it was cracking me up. Was he our only famous, like modern famous actor yet in these films? I think. Uh, I think so. Because so. all the other horror franchises we do, you get like quite a lot. I mean, we've had yeah, Matthew McConaughey, Randy Zellweger. Yeah. Like, you go. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Just in like the face of just in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. alone. Like, yeah, I think this is the only. There yeah, he's many really the only recognizable one who's done anything after this. But yeah, so I really enjoyed his. Thing. I really liked the the French time for this, and I liked getting to see more of the origin story of the box itself as opposed to the people, even though the box and the people were very really much entwined. And then to get Le Marchand's story, because we hadn't really heard his name, and I read about him in uh, The Hellbound Heart. And so, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, there was obviously some downfalls with it. To me, the stuff in space was the weakest by far. And the person that they kind of give you to run with in the middle, the whatever, the 90s, when you're with the architecture guy, I thought he was the weakest of all of his ancestors. Because at least the space guy was really intelligent. He was very serious. He was very dedicated and focused. Whereas the guy in the middle, you didn't really know what he wanted. And he didn't really know what he Sounds wanted. very 90 of him. Yeah. So, like, all in all, it was okay, and I give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. What did you, what else did you, was it part 2 you gave a 5 out of 10 as well, too, I think? I gave part 2 got 4. Okay. I did not like 2. And then uh, 3 got 5.5. Okay. So, this is? This is my only 5. Okay. So, it's kind of in the middle between, I don't like it as much as I liked 3. Plus 1 or 3. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And where do you want it to go from here now that you've seen potentially the end and the beginning and the middle? As I saw <laughs> Pinhead die in this one, I was like, they should have just let him die. Like, this should be the end. Amen. Like, this should just be done. But which makes it really difficult because 
I, I feel like they've exhausted their hand already. Like you got to see a really dominant female person. We haven't had what I was talking about before where we have like a more intelligent antagonist, like final girl sort of person. So maybe that. I mean, you do, but it was a guy this time. That's what well, I thought was interesting. Cause it's not a final girl this time. It is a dude and he definitely has a plan. No, I know, but I'm saying I want it as you a girl. You want a girl, doing okay. Because they do... The, then you had even, the girl villain in this, which was more like, you know... I liked her, powerful. and I liked that angle, but even, like, you see the Rimmer girl, she is just a pretty face. Mm-hmm. And I would much prefer, you know, to see them do something more interesting with that counterpart. Okay. But I would also be really interested if they went deeper into the occult sort of side of it. Um, modern, maybe, like... Not the trashy 90s, but like more modern-y stuff with it. But I know that that's kind of hard with the time frame that they're in because you're really only going to get like, I don't know when the next one was made. The 2000s? Uh, yeah, next one made 2000s. in 2000, exactly. So, I mean. Four years later. I don't know. Maybe something that isn't like dirty grunge 90s occult, but something that's a little bit more classy. Okay. So. Okay. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Space. What can I say? That was Space. what I wanted. And kind of like an origins thing or the first demon to pass through, which was cool. I like that. Um, really enjoyed, you know, Adam Scott being in there, giving his little charming performances. The effects was cool. It wasn't as gory as the other ones. It was like a little bit more clever i want to say and i don't know how to explain like the feeling of the skin was cool uh, i think that's one i actually remember right now the twins one was kind of ridiculous oh the arrow through the throat was really graphic and cool it's like whoa it's like oh and then he's just like slowly leaning back and then it's just bloop like whoa that's that happened he's really dead he's gone (laughs) he real dead i like that it did go across, like, the way that they told the story, it just went over three, four generations, three generations. Three generations. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with Katie. The 90s one was just kind of like, he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. He was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm in over my head. I can't even design the, the light box show to work. <laughs> like, he was a real failure in my eyes. I was like, dude, you, yeah, just die already. Yeah, because it was really, it was just weird, his relationship with uh, Angelique, Angelica, whatever. Angelique, yeah. That didn't make any sense. So she was like talking to him as if they hooked up before and then they get really close to talking and then it cuts to him like running to his house and he's just super sweaty. Yeah. And like crazy. I'm like, wait a second, did you did you guys hook up and is that what it was supposed to be? Or you just ditched the Been office? For a and, yeah. <laughs> super confusing. Yeah, I, I like the kind of inner battle between the the Cenobites and Princess. That was kinda kinda cool. The the space space version of him was just really intense. Just I don't know, it was kind of just very boring. This like didn't have too much. It was just like the the connecting pieces. It was just the transitions for all the stories to work together right. and to finish it off. Yeah, I don't know what more to add or what I liked or didn't like. Um, but I give it a six. Six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six. It's my, it was it was entertaining. It was entertaining. It was. Does that make it your second favorite so far? That's first favorite. Oh no, you put for Hellraiser seven. Oh, did I put the first one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because seven is I mean the first one is good. I like the first yeah. one. This one was entertaining, it was different. It didn't keep just going, 
ah, Pinhead, he's this thing, it's just the same, it was a little bit different, and right. I didn't know where I was going to kind of go with it, and enjoyed Adam Scott, friendly face, and yeah, the, the woman was really, I don't know, I was, didn't know what she was going to do, you couldn't tell if she was, what she was trying to do, yeah, I, I didn't even know what she was really trying to do, <laughs> but she was just doing her own thing, uh, yeah. So what do you want to see next? Now that you've had space, like that's always oh, your answer. Yeah. I want space. I want space. Yeah, I feel do you like, just want more do we space? Have to watch more of it because they already did what I wanted. <laughs> Not like, even halfway, buddy. I know they peaked too soon. <laughs> it's just all downhill from here. Yeah, I would want to see more of like a conflict of the people trying to master, like be like, I want to be the person who's in charge of running hell or um, the gates to hell. So like a battle between mere mortals for these Cenobites, which would be kind of cool. And just different Cinnabons. <laughs> Tired of the same ones. Yeah. Well, that's the funny. Well, they have different Cinnabons in this one. But and what's weird is you see them in the 90s, establish those ones, like the dog, yeah. the twin. And then in 2145 or whatever it is, he's got the same ones with him. It's like he's yeah. hanging out with the same buddies that entire time. Yeah, it's really Where's disappointing. Chandra? Where's they, they blew up. Yeah, yeah, but like, they did. I don't know. Yeah, he came back. And then uh, he tried to make his own. That didn't work out. Yeah, that was just really That's disappointing. Now he's stuck he's with what he's got. For, for a while, is he? Yeah. He's all uh, passive aggressive with Angelique. That's true. And it's, it's a different tough, location. Tough world Again, right now, I mean, they really in. went to a outside of the city. I'm down for yeah, more modern, not like 90s modern, because I don't want it to be grunge, no. <laughs> crazy, ridiculous, or even in like a. Foreign country or something. Oh, interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's that. Cool. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yep. That's that. I'm out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, this film, yeah, it's so fucking hard to judge these films. One, because you are getting in, institutionalized a little bit, you know? Like, you, the, the bad film. <laughs> like, most of the majority of bad films. And this film, you look objectively, it's, I think it's terrible. I really do. I think it's terrible. But... Looking at the idea of it, I think it's fantastic. Like, yeah. you could make a masterpiece out of this film. Yeah. And I mean that. You, even with the Hellraiser law, you know, like doing like the old toy maker in France and then doing something more modern and then going way into the future. You could make something truly special if you had the money, which they did not have to do their idea. It was way too ambitious for the money. Yeah. They didn't have the writing talent. I'm sorry, Peter Atkins. Not good enough for this. And I would say his worst dialogue pretty much in any of them. Yeah, and then they didn't, and they didn't have the cinematography. They didn't have a good director for camera moves. They didn't have, you know, and they clearly had troubles later on with the editing. The prop stuff wasn't even that great. Like nothing matched up. Even Doug Bradley, I don't think, is at its best whoa, in this. Whoa, whoa, they had Adam Scott. They had Adam Scott. <laughs> they misspelled his name on his yeah. chair. Yeah, oh, dude. So it's kind of just like one thing was like, oh, you're again, we're looking at intentions. And the intentions here, I applaud. Like, right. I love a horror film that's really trying to be brave, trying to do bold things. Fucking great on them. It so rarely happens. Think of how many of those Jason films. I would watch any Jason film over this again, but none of those Jason films are trying to really do anything special. They're just kind of doing what they Jason do. Jason in Space is ambitious. Sure, 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 sure. One of my least favorites, actually. But great. I would definitely watch it over There's this. There's some of the best kills. Oh, absolutely. Some of the best kills. Whereas this is like, you don't, they don't succeed at, they don't succeed at anything. Oh. I don't think, to be honest, in this film. I have no idea the intentions of half the people in here. It's just stuff happening for the sake of yeah. it happening. Worse than the third one with that. The third one, I understood people's intentions. It just didn't correlate very well. Right. This one, I don't even understand what the fuck people are trying to do when they're shouting at people like, you must do the thing. What's the thing? I don't know, but I'm going to shout at you and kill people <laughs> yeah. anyway. 
it's just frustrating, but yeah, just such a big, bold idea. Like, God bless them, but this I wish was just like the sketch. I wish this was just like, you know, all right, here's our animatic to show you roughly what we're going to do. Can we go make the proper movie now? Yeah. Because yeah. this deserves a proper movie. And yeah. we won't ever get that, obviously. So, fuck, I don't know how you judge it. I really don't know. Because three, again, three accomplishes what it's trying to do better than this one. But three's way less ambitious than this one. Yeah. Oh. Two, again, it's better intentions. I feel more grown up intentions than the third one, but it doesn't accomplish that as well. But I think there's better acting in two for sure. Channard is a, when he's just a doctor. Is better. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, I don't mind Tiffany that much. Um, even Julia. Julia is fine. Julia is fine in it as well. Like, there's like just a maturity to that film that then goes off the rails. Just because it has old people in it. This, yeah, but this is just like, that's part of, I mean, this is just a bunch of TV actors. That's how yeah. it looks. It's just like a bunch of TV actors do it, but bad 90s TV actors. Not now. Now TV actors are great, but like bad 90s TV actors. Yeah. Right. I fucking, I don't know. I have to come back in the wrap up. I don't know how to judge. This is definitely right there amidst all of that. You have to throw mess. something in yeah, on it. Yeah, it's number. something like a 4.5, maybe. I don't know. It's like, it's really bad. That's okay. like a 5. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish though. I just want this I based one it on more. The ambition and in real life, Kurt, if I'm judging this on you know like real life movies, probably way lower. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> it's real it real life movies, but in the you know the ambition with Peter Anderson. Just, I, and I think it's oh, just well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's not even fair. Yeah. <laughs> the only way you can judge this series is against itself. <laughs> yeah, because. Otherwise, I'm trying to look at it. All the franchise. I'm just judging this based on like what we're going with right now. Because we'll if we were to go against Spider 13, I'd be like, well, this is a. You this know. is crap. Yeah. Well, I will tell you from now on, we're in direct to DVD. Now, I will tell you <laughs> this. I want to see a Jason versus Pinhead. Oh, Pinhead was meant to be in Freddy vs. Jason for a long time. For a long Jason time. Jason versus Potato Head. So the next movie that we have. I'm going to give you some little... I like to tease where yes, we're going please. next. Next one's called Hellraiser Inferno. Uh, it came out in 2000. Is Are we going disco? back to hell? Is this please a disco? Please don't tell me a disco. Oh, that would be amazing. Disco Inferno? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I am down. So let me tell you this. A couple of things groovy. about this movie. Number one about this movie. Uh, yeah, it was the first one I went straight to DVD. Number two is, I would argue, it looks way more deserving of cinema release than Bloodline mm. from okay. its visuals. Uh, number three is the reason for that. It, it is... Co-written and directed by Scott Derrickson. Uh, Scott Derrickson went on immediately after the Hellraiser Inferno to direct The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Nice. Directed The Day the Earth Stood Still remake. Directed Sinister. Wait, is that the one with Keanu wow. Reeves? Day Stood Still? Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Directed Sinister and then directed Doctor Strange. Dang, oh. bro. So this is a proper director. Who's handling the next and one. And his movie got straight to DVD? Damn. Well, this is his first feature film, was Hellraiser and Fire. And for me, and I'm I always excited. think I am like a director's, I'm a critic for directors, really. Like, I tend to always gravitate towards good direction in a film from a visual point of view. I can tell because you don't gravitate towards good acting. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously I'd rather Just visual player to be honest all the time. But do acting best. <laughs> I'd give it an Oscar nominee and a Grammy. <laughs> But Scott Derrickson, he has a visual flair. I don't like most of his movies, to be honest, but he has a visual flair that is way beyond most of the movies in the series, if not all of them. Nice. Um, there's something to the next one, and I remember hating some bits about it a lot. A lot of people really hate the next one, because it was when the series changes completely. People don't like change. But I, I actually remember really loving it the first time I saw it quite a lot. Just, I think, I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow. After Bloodline, this is a shock. 
it's going to be quite different. And yet it is the point, and we're going to get into it next week, but when potentially a lot of the next few movies are actually spec scripts, much like the Cloverfield movies that we're talking about, really? where they then shoehorn in the Hellraiser franchise into a spec script. Is there one that takes place in the West? Because you keep saying shoehorn. <laughs> that is oh, amazing. That great watching, in the West. I'm yeah. doing watching Katie's eyes close as I said spec script, and you're just like, oh. I just don't like this I'm, shoehorning I'm spec I'm just script like, thing. I don't know where this can go. This is a just a random hat that has a bunch of script ideas, and we're pulling them out and watching them. Essentially, yeah. Uh, and there's an argument from both sides. We'll get into it. I thought it was golden, but then we've well, solid that that's what these were, and then I've heard a few people right. say, no, actually, these were actually written uh, as original scripts. But uh, no, we'll see. Uh, we'll get into that next Friday. Until then, if you want to listen to more of us, then head over to weirdgeeks.com. Weirdgeeks.com where we have reviewed, and not just us three, a whole bunch of guests have reviewed lots of horror franchises, including A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Child's Play, all the Danny Boy films. We also do a regular podcast where we talk about just topical games and movie news and stuff like that, and pizza, and whatever we want to talk about, really. Okay. If you're also on weirdgeeks.com, you can head on out to all of our social medias and to our Twitch channel, where we've got some cool things coming in 2018, so do subscribe. And please do, while you're on iTunes, please do subscribe and rate us. It makes a huge difference. We do this all for free because we're crazy and it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. And we're all very tired. And I break people oh, with these. Tired. I wrap you guys into this. I did warn you with Hellraiser. I said, you, you can get out of this one. It's fun, though. I'm fun. Yeah, fun. You can never get out. Yeah, <laughs> you're stuck now. Now you're stuck. <laughs> you're you're tired. Tired. I am forever. If you're on Weird Geeks, then you can send us an email. Send us emails, please, through the website, or just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com. Mail send at us fan art. Send us fan art. Yeah, send us, like, Jason in the Renaissance. Uh, yeah, where. please, somebody draw all the, the slasher dudes. In Renaissance, oh, I have a friend Peter, He's an artist. Yeah. I remember from the Twitch days. He's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. He can maybe do, do some. Doesn't do paintings though. He does well, hey, like, buddy, do some fucking paintings, Peanut. Get off your butt. That's <laughs> wow. feeling like a little girl that we mentioned you on a podcast and draw some pictures. <laughs> some Renaissance slasher heroes. And what else can you do? If you're on weirdgeeks.com, then why not hit that little black circular thing that says we're Tesselator, a publisher, and they are a production company based out of London, LA, and Tokyo, making feature films, musics, and all that stuff. I got my brand new album from Band Ghostlight coming out called Dive Dark, and we're gonna have a first music video called Vanishing coming out soon. Great! Everyone I have to say, I hate nearly it. everything I've ever made in my entire life. I'm kind of proud of this, as you should be. So we'll see. Uh, we also have a first feature film which I wrote and direct called Starfish, and we got some other features and shorts and things coming. Uh, so just keep an eye on We're Test Light. That's about to be revamped. But if you want all of that, it'll be on a regular show. We talk more about that stuff. at just called Geeks, and also on our social medias, our personal ones. Such as mine, which is Mr. Al White. Mr. Al White, just MR Al White on everything, including the Xbox. You sure it's not M E S S R A L W H I T? Mr. Mr. Uh, Katie? Um, you can find me on Instagram where I post lots of photos of what I've eaten and dogs and cool cars at my dearest Watson. And Justin Macaroni. I T S R A D L E Y. It's Radley. It's Radley. You sound like you're in a spelling bee. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Radley. Can you use it in a sentence, please? I will see. Look who it is. It's Radley. You didn't see that coming, did you? I'll see you guys next Friday when we'll be taking Hellraiser Inferno, and things are going to get 
B-movie Lynchy. Inferno. I-N-F-E-R-N-O. <laughs> Inferno. I'm around. Geeks. Geeks. G-E-E-K-S. Geeks. Geeks. <laughs> Fucking nailed it.